Hello. Yes. Hell, Joe. <laughs> yes. Check. What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 147. I am your host, Anthony Trapani, and as always, I am joined by a few resident homies. Got a couple with me tonight. I got Casey Howard on my left and Jill Forner on my right. It might be different for how you're seeing it, but that's my view. What up, y'all? What's up? Missed you guys. It's been like three What's weeks. What's happening? Dude. And, and dude, tonight we are joined by uh, a f- almost full narcotic wasteland lineup and all return guests by the way they've all been on separate episodes and we've oh, yeah. gathered them onto one episode and i love yeah, i feel like i was just here <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, we were just talking pre-pod i think kenji's got the record for the uh smallest gap between episodes so kenji <laughs> we'll, we'll make yeah. a trophy nice. for you uh yes. <laughs> but what up we got uh joseph howard dallas and fucking K- kenji from narcotic wasteland what's going on guys i'm, I'm very stoked about tonight dude stoked to have all of you back on stoked to have dallas all you got dude this is amazing and um but before we get into that let's do some plugs real quick we got the the usual battle forge coffee at the top it's the homies it's our brothers they sell coffee. It's good coffee. They sell merchandise. Support the underground. That is where every brutal death metal fan should be getting their coffee from. And if you want to get a couple of t-shirts from us to support the show, you go to calideathpodcast.bigcartel.com. Like I said, a couple t-shirts, full color. We got the logo. That's all money that goes into basically getting more merch eventually but that's how you support us that's the only financial way you can support this band a band this show and then uh, <laughs> how you can financially support oh wait no before we get into them let generator rehearsal studios.com that is where if you're in the socal area you should be going and practicing performing and and writing your music oceanside california yes there it is and you might run into uh, that handsome face down oh, there, Casey uh, Howard. Paroxysmal Butchering just did a live stream from there. Uh, oh, a shit. Of, a few weeks ago, yeah. So Nice, dude. Other See? That I can't think of at the moment, but yes. Go, yes. go yeah. around a place, do live streams from there, and then tell us about it. And is that any... Do we have... We don't have tour... Well, Joseph's still out in... Joseph's in Germany. Europe. Crazy... Yeah globe trotting he did the pro the prophecy oh, awesome yeah i was wondering where joseph was yeah, yeah. was the prophecy fest he did it was uh, out yeah. there in like some like cave or something and it was in a cave yeah it was tight yeah that was sick i saw the vid- videos and stuff it was looked pretty epic yeah. that was with eludium he was performing yeah. with he plays bass for them right you guys ever played a show in a cave no but that i'm super jealous to even know that that is a thing and i haven't done it yet <laughs> 
I'm I wonder what the sound is like. Of my regards, bros. Hell yeah. I wonder what the sound's like in a cave. Uh, okay, for a second. Here he is. He's there. He is. Oh, of course, it's on my end. Damn it. Okay, <laughs> and, uh, uh, should be good now. I'm I, I signed over to the Wi Fi, so I'm good. Now. Okay. Oh, um, it's all good. Yes, so where do you guys uh plug uh, yes, yeah, are you guys going on? You guys just got off tour, right? Are you guys going back out anytime soon? All that fun stuff. Um, yeah, we just got done doing uh, three weeks, and uh, basically what's going on is we're going to release one more single, finish up the album, and uh, it's looking like we'll probably head back out on the road like maybe next springtime or May or something like that. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where can people buy your merch again? Uh, at narcoticwasteland.com. Easy enough. I like that. Yep. Main hub. It's not like backslash something or hyphenated something. It's just boom. No, as soon as we decided to name however many years it was, I was like, yeah, we need to snag that. Yeah. Go ahead and get it going. You know, so that way we got it secured. Hell yeah. Sweet. Cool. Well, that's the main hub you need to go to uh, support Narcotic Wasteland. And um, yeah, dudes, it's really cool to have you all back on. And it's, it's funny because Joseph, you were with narcotic at the time, but we were just, you know, digging in on you as a person, all of you really, we never really got to sit down with Kenji individually. Maybe we'll, we'll have a part three with Kenji. <laughs> soon, Cause I'd like to, to be crazy. If you break my record again, <laughs> you should, because I actually, you are a, a dude that I'd love to dig into. I want to know your past. So we'll, We'll we'll eventually get get to that, but w- this is a narcotic waste, wasteland episode. So, um, but yeah, dude, tell us, a l- dudes, let's let's hear about uh, your recent run before we get into anything else. I want you guys freshly just did some shows, so I want to know about it. Yeah, I was sick, man. We did Vegas up to Canada. We did a sick metal fest in Canada in Drumheller, Canada, called uh, Loud as Hell Fest. And then we did a few more nights in Canada, then came back down into the States for a second, did a few shows. I'm trying to remember where, like Sioux Falls, like uh, like Biggs Bar in South Dakota, where they do the Slam Dakota Fest. And then we went back up and did Montreal. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, wait, not Alberta, Ottawa. Yeah, Montreal, Ottawa. Oh, yeah. And then that was pretty much it. I think we ended in like Ohio or something like that. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I think the last show was at Howard's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. But yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. We it's did in Bowling Green. Bowling, Bowling Green, Green, Ohio. Ohio. That's right. That's right. You're right. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it was, in my opinion, a, a, a pretty successful tour. You know, I, I felt that Narcotic never really gotten too much of a chance to get out the way we kind of needed to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, since the, uh, the whole pandemic and the horrible uh, twilight zone episode, everybody had to live there for a while. Uh, we came out kind of swinging, you know, and, and was able to uh, do more shows than any time in history of the band. So it kind of worked out and we've just been kind of trying to keep the pressure on and keep putting out some material. 
So talk yeah. about you have a single coming out, right? So when is that new single coming out? I uh, don't know yet. We did have a single come out before the tour called Sex, Lies, and DNA. Yep. And uh, we're actually Super in the sorry. process of uh, we're going to have a video for it. So we're in the process of getting kind of the video together. But uh, we have another single that we're going to release. And actually, Kenji just sent some of the coolest bass lines I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm very excited nice. to, uh, uh, I'm very excited for people to hear the next one too, because I, I don't doubt it. I've seen Kenji live and that guy's a maniac. Like he's not even on the show right now. I'm talking about <laughs> 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 no, it, it is true. Like I'm just um, in my glory. I, uh, <laughs> I've yeah, that base, though. basket. I've known, uh, <laughs> Nate, for montageny for several years and i know that um he's very meticulous in who he works with and when i heard about kenji coming on board that's when i started paying attention to him and then i i witnessed kenji and i realized like you just grabbed a don't blush kenji but you just grabbed a gold mine right there and a bass player because that dude is ready for anything you yeah keep, keep, keep it coming i'm, like, I'm enjoying it keep it coming <laughs> well, yeah, I, I can i can definitely add um you know uh kenji's uh first recording debut was on the latest single uh, sex lies dna and um you know not only can he you know do what i'm doing but also is adding a you know, a, a, a whole new kind of element sometimes when he mm -hmm. adds in kind of his his flavor to it. And uh, it's it makes total musical sense and it adds another sort of layer, but also an, another, uh, it elevates the song instead of just going along with it, which is cool. Uh, that sometimes works too, but, you know, uh, Kenji's really adding something special to the band totally dude and and not to denounce you either one of dallas or joseph's playing on that song because you guys all are phenomenal on that song but there was something that was happening while i was listening to it that i ended up being pulled back to kenji at, at certain times because there's certain riffs in that song that kenji is um enhancing so much with his playing and i i, I can i've watched kenji enough on videos and live stuff too that i'm i'm seeing how he plays those riffs and i'm just like yeah dude this is amazing because dude you guys channeled like and i don't know if this is what you're trying to do but a lot of um i felt like some legion era deicide elements to that song nice. am i am i getting on to the same kind of path that you guys were thinking like that i was feeling some early sick deicide vibes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely wasn't really necessarily challenging that. If anything, uh, sex lies DNA for me is very thrash. Like, yeah, yeah, it has um, that vibe for sure. But at the same time, you say that like early death metal was a little more on the thrashy side, particularly right. like mm -hmm. I just did a uh, interview with uh, Rigs of Death Metal. And he asked me to, you know, talk about like five influential death metal albums, even though I'm more of a thrash punk guy. Um, and DSI Legion actually did come up. And uh, 
But yeah, it does have that kind of ferocity to it. But one of my favorite like thrash mixes was probably like I don't know, uh, under the influence, uh, an overkill mm -hmm. with Didi's Verney. Didi Verney's bass is a, a little distorted, but it's really clinky and it's really present. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, and that may be yeah. that may be me, you know, hearing those elements that you're talking about, where you're taking your influence being channeled through DSI. And, and I'm not saying it was anywhere near a duplicate or trying to. I was just talking about the vibe of certain parts of that that song would right, throw, right, me, right. throw me back to there, mm -hmm. and then it it makes sense that that yeah early death metal at that time was way more influenced by thrash because it was so closer to that, that part of the evolution. Next you know? Yeah. And I came yeah. from it. Yeah. 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 And it then was... I got a sh shout out to Mr. Eric Scholtek. Cause it's actually him on those drums. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Uh, I just filmed my, uh, my playthrough though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The are you, uh, is it on YouTube yet or are you going to put it out? No, 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 no. I'm still like mixing the audio. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So yeah, it'll be cool too. That'll be along with the, the main video, the main music video too. Are you oh, yeah. going to be, uh, but it'll is, be my versions of the, the drums. What about uh future singles is Joseph. Are you just going to be the live guy? Or are you going to be involved in For this thing? album? Yeah. It's already been said and done. Okay. Yeah, a mm -hmm. lot of this stuff has already been recorded, but uh, once I finally get this godforsaken album out <laughs> that we've had to, you know, I've had every possible, like, thing get in the way, um, whether it be uh, uh, COVID or lineup change or whatever the hell's going on, um, the thing has been kind of sitting there for, like, three years, almost mm -hmm. complete, like, many songs, and... Um, you know, just one thing after another. You guys know how it is. So once we finally get through this, then, you know, I want to proceed forward with the lineup. You know, have you, have you uh, entertained, Dallas? Because I know you guys, you know, do the, you know, the single release and stuff like that. Have you entertained because of the new um, climate of releasing music of just doing maybe like a single at a time until the album's done and then doing the, like just releasing it all as one? Or because I know a lot of people, I'm, I'm seeing bands do that more where, They'll maybe release two songs at a time or a song at a time until the album's complete because of the whole streaming being the like, you know, the way people, you know, 90% of people are now listening to music. Has that ever kind of entered across you? Well, yeah. And it ended up with from a conversation that, you know, I was having with uh, someone from Megaforce uh, Distribution. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of picking their brain. It's like, you know, I've kind of got this thing and, you know, I can put the whole thing out. Um, it still might be a little while before we can get all the pieces together. And um, what do you think about the single? Thing? And right now you're just going to get more traction. And for instance, if, I mean, you're still going to have your, uh, you know, avid collectors out there that really want the album experience. And of course you want to give them that. But mm -hmm. as far as just, you know, keeping traction and staying active. It's kind of like the old days with the singles and the 45s, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah, get, yeah. Um, right. So it's kind of, in a way, weirdly gotten back to that. And, you know, for instance, like, one of the singles that we've released has more streams than an entire album of ours 
just one song. So you just kind of uh, you kind of have to milk the cow a little bit nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, one you know, other at a time too. Yeah, and I definitely understand uh, the reservations of doing it that way because you know back in the old days, back in my Nile days, it was like okay, we we release an album and we go tour for that album for a couple of years and then we release another album. And maybe there's a couple of singles that will release like a week before the album came out or something. But uh, the more the industry kind of changes, we kind of have to roll with the punches a little bit. And uh, the thing that I do enjoy about the whole single aspect is if I write a song tomorrow night, I don't have to wait for an entire album to be finished. I can just put the damn thing out if I want to. Yeah. So there's the plus side of it. Um, But I definitely understand the other side of the fact that I'm still an old school guy that likes to sit down with an entire album with a couple Mm -hmm. of beers and listen to the whole damn thing and just be like, yes, I do it all the time. Uh, You know, sometimes at night, have a couple of nightcappers and, you know, put on that old sabotage record or whatever. Right. You know, it's like that's just kind of my head because I'm an old guy. <laughs> right. I'm old school. Like, but if that is being an old guy. I'm I'm an old guy too, dude. Because I still, <laughs> I still enjoy like when I when somebody puts something out. I want to. I still believe that who's putting it out is compiling this album and sculpting it the way that they want it to be the track listings and the order that they want it to be. And, you know, a lot of times when you listen to albums, it, everything connects in a one linear situation. Um, I love that so much too. Yeah. And, and so with like singles, it makes me feel like I'm, I, I don't have the full, all the puzzle, puzzle pieces to yeah. the, the puzzle, you know, I think that the distinction is that, because i got confused about this too and, and i was talking to joel about it actually recently and i was kind of like i don't get and it's like well like the singles are still on the album right you know so you still put mm-hmm. out the album it, it's more about like how the singles are presented not as right. like like a quick little trailer precursor to the to the full length they're more like they are they're like put out like a year before the full length or something you know like uh, and they like advertise in a different way correct me if i'm wrong but is that like kind of the idea is it's more like like the singles are not like like exclusive like releases that you have to like only get the single to hear that song. It's going to be on the album, but the album is just released like more later than just like a few couple months before or something. Is that right, Joel? Or like, how are you? I mean, well, I mean, sorry, I was doing three things at once. Um, That's cool. I've just think- noticed that like bands that like have been like uh, there's certain bands that will they'll release like a bunch of like what Dallas what you're saying kind of like the whatever the 45 inch or what was the size of the or record? for our for our generation it was singles singles that's it yeah, yeah the cassette single <laughs> yeah yep. yeah and it's funny seeing those coming back I mean sometimes because I collect you know like vinyl that I don't really open but because I just I'm a tech nerd so I'm just like if I want to hear it but I want to like have the physical copy to like have it and look at it and stuff and it makes me just like stoked i have no idea why i just kind of like the big piece of of art on there and it just kind of brings the whole thing back to me i don't even have a record player and i'm jealous of your spastic ink yeah i mean i'll see something (laughs) i'll have to to get this like immediately i'll have to like you know so this is like a rare thing for sale like i want i want the rare thing i don't know i have that kind of collector in me but um there's bands that will release 
two songs and then they'll make a vinyl out of it and they'll make merch over it and mm-hmm. then they'll be like boom like zenith passage just... yeah yeah there's yeah there's a yeah totally there's, for the death metal that's definitely i think one of the only bands i've seen do it and then yeah. they'll do and, um yeah there's other bands that have done it too yeah. but like uh and then they'll release another two songs then merch so it'll be I'm like, like four songs total plus uh you know a, a vinyl for each of those two songs and yeah. merch release for each of those two songs and then they'll release the big splash album with the yeah. with, with 12 songs on it and then they'll have merch for that <laughs> that's right. like but those songs so are on the album yeah they're on the album yeah. but there's other parts to it and other puzzle pieces like kind of like yeah, anthony yeah. was alluding to that you can still so it's basically like you release you know like like eight merch items before the album or mm-hmm. you know and then the album comes out and then you're just like boom album you know it's like so it's basically trying to capitalize on people I mean, I, I'm buying into it, but it's because, you know, there's no physical world anymore, it feels like. I mean, there is, but it's just dying. And um, CD, like I've, I've talked about it a million times, I got, I got a new car, CD player's not in there. I got a 4,000-hour computer. There's no CD-ROM. There's no DVD mm-hmm. player. In it. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. like, it's, it's like completely going so away it's from it. Di- so, it's a dying oh, Yeah, they're just, they're weeding it out. And so, I mean, if there was a fucking laser disc that someone put out uh, that uh, of a band or a, a music video or something, I would buy that because that yeah, would be cool yeah. to have a laser disc or something, you know, an old format. But, uh, but then you gotta get a laser disc player. No, I just I'm, clicked I'm on the. I just clicked on the comments. Uh, uh, audio to the eyeballs. Sorry, we weren't paying attention to you, dude. He's wondering uh, what's the single that you were talking about, Dallas, that got uh, all the hits compared um, to the album. Actually, um, all of them, except for the first one we released, which was Morality and the Wasp. But we just kind of released that because it was supposed to be released way a couple of years before that. And due to whatever bullshit that ended up happening, it just didn't happen. You were, then, you, were uh, mentioning, I, you were mentioning one single that got more hits than uh, a full album, though. What was the song that you were talking about? Um, actually, it would be two songs now, but mostly Victims of the Algorithm. Victims, that's um, what I think, too. Yeah, and, um, you know, we were able to, we were lucky enough to have a little bit of uh, money to push some PR on that as well, so that helped out a lot. And yeah, then, they're all uh, Victims of Algorithm, that's how we got them. That's right. Yeah. You used the algorithm? Yeah, them, yeah we got them. <laughs> we got them. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Which, you know, um, that was our first time, uh, me and Joe working together writing a song. I'd already had the music and I had the concept for the song and I had some lyric ideas uh, written down, but then Joe just sent me like a fucking chapter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah those are my lyrics. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, and then we, um, you know, we kind of cropped it down a little bit to fit it into the, you know, four minute blazer song. And then um, at that point, I knew I was like, well, this is. Uh, the the future of this band is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Because well, uh, I've, I've, I've thanks got it, man, for letting me do that for sure. That is awesome. Hell oh no, man! man. Uh, you know, Joe's uh, creative with the drumming, and uh, you know, he's definitely a wordsmith. And I think uh, I think really we've got a great team going on right now with everything. That's what's going and, on, uh, and and it actually fits with like uh, what Narcotic Wasteland has been from the beginning, which you guys tend to speak on the real subjects of the current times. 
you know that's actually why i like read those to dallas because i was like it was like before i joined the band i was it was like covid was happening the whole world was freaking going crazy i was just like this is the ai takeover this is gonna be it this is it's not gonna be like terminator where yeah. it's gonna be like the machines all of a sudden decide humans bad and then they shoot start killing us it's gonna be they're gonna think that we want drama and it's gonna send us drama oh you like you know, somebody getting shot because that's what we react to. If somebody right. just says, hey, you did a sick job on that show and you're like, thanks. And then that's the whole post, mm -hmm. you know. But if somebody's like, oh, you suck because you're cheating and you use triggers, then you're like, oh, well, fuck you. And then there's another dude that's like, oh, well, you're just a kid. And then, then everybody's like talking shit to each other. But it, like the algorithm sees it as like oh, you guys like this. Okay, well, yeah, here's like, uh, yeah. like a cop killing a black guy or something. You know, Here's something you're really going to like. And then everybody's like pissed, and then there's riots, and then, oh, you, li you like that? Oh, here's some yeah, just like, political it's stuff. Weird, say it's no more. Yeah. When you say you like, it, it is true. It's like people it's a dopamine. admit that they like this type of stuff. Yeah. But in reality, it, it, totally it gets all the clicks. Drives, it drives their existence. Yeah. If they're yeah, mm -hmm. they can't help but comment on it. So AI just systematically not not thinking about it like like maliciously or whatever. It's just like, oh, you like drama? Here's some drama. Here's some more mm -hmm. shit. Here's yeah. some stuff, and then we all just kill each other. Crazy. Dude, that's what, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. what about. that's exactly what it is. Now that's what we call target ads. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're talking right about, here. and you're yeah, for the engagement. That's all they're looking for is just people <laughs> engaging with each other. It doesn't matter what is happening in that engagement, whether it be positive or negative. If it, it causes more engagement, then the yep. algorithm is going to feed that exactly so it just thinks we like it but it's like just because we like have to respond to like the fucked up shit for some reason yeah. like, oh fuck you this dude's cool actually he doesn't cheat you're cheating <laughs> you know or whatever oh, yeah, and then yeah. it's like oh well and then an expert chimes in well actually you know if you play it at 260 bpm and then you know or whatever you know yeah <laughs> something chimes in it's all type of engagement for something that's actually like really bad mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I, all the positivity goes unnoticed yeah. Right. oh yeah I, I definitely unnoticed it because i've read some dumb ass comments in my day huh? like your vocal sounded better when you had a skullet <laughs> 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 yeah you know, like, uh, like no dallas has, has the best voice and most memorable voice in metal <laughs> Yeah, or no, I, I, I replied. No, actually, I replied and said, "Your mom disagrees." <laughs> <laughs> and then his mom chimes in. Yeah. Yeah, actually, bring the whole family in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, luckily, my mom hates all that shit. And she's like the op she's like the opposite of neurologically typical. So there you go. I got lucky. I got a great mom. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll Definitely. agree with you. I got my. I got a great mom too. Dude. She don't fuck with that shit either. Shout out to all the moms. Shout yep. out to all the great Bloody moms. Bloody mom. Metal for moms. That, by the way, Dreamer that does, fan. That does get yeah, Dreamer. Fuck yeah. That does get back to I me. Mean, that that title is like you know, drugs have to do with dopamine and all that stuff, and the dopamine that we get from whether it's a negative or a, a positive video, 
is still still feeding the same part of our brain as a drug would a mm-hmm. narcotic would so it's kind of like the new you know youtube and clicking on like oh it's like oh shit this crazy bad thing happened like you're like oh there's a part of your brain's like i need to see this it's like, yeah. like squeeze, squeezing dopamine in your brain like what's and, actually going on here and then you like look through it you're like oh shit Dang, yeah, oh, yeah. and then there's exactly. like oxytocin that gets mixed in there too because you fall in love with certain pages that are giving you all this shit and you're like yeah. wait no dude I love that. Dude, have you taken a shit without your phone in a while? Like, I have left my phone. Like, this this happened to me today. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, looking around. Just staring at the wall. Yeah, I was like, what? I didn't realize this this pattern on this towel that's been hanging there for a few years. Yeah, you're just like getting addicted to the phone without even realizing how addicted you are. It's like crazy. Back in the day, it was literally like I would get there'd be like a Sears catalog in someone's bathroom. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah, dude. I get to like read magazines. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's scared about COVID and stuff. And then meanwhile, poo particles on everybody's phone. (laughs) They're just touching it. Yeah, dude. And I I pick things out out of my my teeth right after, too. Oh, man. Your toothbrush is in the same room, just getting fucking nailed by all the poop poop particles. That's funny you say that. It's like, if I'm like, oh, man, I've got to really take a shit right now. I have to have my phone. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's when I do most of my social media checking out. Wild. Like, yeah. I've locked in guests for this show while. Pushing poop out of my butt, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's like booking. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed. I like if I if I really have to go, I'm like don't have my phone. I'm like shit, where's my phone? I, I know, it. dude. I, <laughs> yeah. 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 How insane is that? I know. It's like, well, I guess I'll just go to the bathroom. Fuck. <laughs> and then I sit there so long checking the scrolling that the circulation goes on my legs, and when I get up, I'm like, oh shit! Like, oh yeah, time. you'll be done. Just being like, well, maybe there's something else that's gonna come out. Let me just sit here for another 15 minutes. I think I'm just gonna chill here for a second. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta compose myself. Oh, uh, here you go. Social media prevents hemorrhoidal flare-up. Because <laughs> it. it as you, oh, you're sewing, you're so engrossed in it. The shit is literally just falling out of your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> there you it's go. Like, the the guys are like, dude, I have to be on Facebook because I wipe less, dude. Oh yeah, nice clean exits. Yeah, <laughs> I figure wipe more. Yeah. If I if I wanted to get permanently banned from social media, I, I figured I would probably just get like. A big gigantic erection going to take a picture of it and like post it. And <laughs> <laughs> the Allison. I'm so tempted to do shit like that sometimes. Just like yeah. fuck this shit. Just like blow it up. Just like, like oh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Check out my cock. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, David Ellison, you know, that's what, uh, what Joseph was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had to. Sorry. Too soon. Shout out. Too soon. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, right, when, right, right when COVID uh, kind of started uplifting its curse, and we actually got to play a few shows uh, in 2021. Oh, man. the In the van. That was just like the butt end of every joke. And uh, I told the guys, I was like, I'll never derail the band like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get it real. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Yeah. So was it, we were, were we still in the pandemic when I, when we had you on Dallas? 
Uh, I honestly can't remember, but it was sometime. It's twenty twenty early. It's pretty early. It, yeah. What was it? Twenty twenty. It was I'm a while back. Wow. Or like early twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I came on later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like I was eighty eight, which is my shit. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, yeah. Or was it eighty? Yeah. Well. Yeah. It was like I was born like. Uh, eighth month of 1988, and it was like 8:08 in the morning, and I was like eight pounds and eight ounces or some shit. Dude, eight. Uh, we probably already talked about it on your episode. We did because it was. <laughs> dude, nice, sick, bro. And and dude. actually, pounded, dude. Yeah, um, pounded. You were the episode before Paul too, which by the way, we got to give a little shout out to uh, Cynic tonight. It's yeah. Today is the 30th anniversary of focus oh damn oh wow wow. dude when we were recording this is the 30th anniversary and shout out to the greatest eight songs that were ever recorded dude they're not definitely interesting i don't know about greatest but in my opinion that came from my brain and i will back that (laughs) everyone is i'll give you that they're sick (laughs) textures was beautiful Beautiful. Yeah, I really dug it Beautiful. when it came out, um, and it was a little different. There was a lot of crazy stuff coming out, and I remember hearing the cynic thing and just being like, oh, this is really fucking cool. Hell but it yeah, wasn't yeah. my favorite. I'm more of like the bolt thrower kind of persuasion. But right, right. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, did, I did really dig the cynic uh, focus record when it came out. I was like, wow, man, this is well, really cool. It's, all the music cool. is beautiful. It's really yeah. like, and it has, you know, it's, it's not just badass chops and technique either. I mean, those songs have some feeling to them. Totally. You know, like, yeah, it's got some emotional content. Yeah. What's cool, yeah, man, I, that's like, it's a total seed that was planted a long time ago, and it took just, I mean, actually sprouted, like, in 2004 or five. you know? It was like, and then that's when actually people started actually paying more attention to them. But um, at the at, at the time it came out, I, I obviously, my brother was way into it. He was way into death metal and stuff, like, in the early 90s and stuff. And he was just like, Sanic's fucking, you know, it was way over everyone's head. They were just like, all right, well, this is way different. Kind of going a jazz proggy thing and going on tour with like Cannibal and stuff. And and then Cannibal's even trying to be like, dude, this is ridiculous. Check this out. But it's still, I don't think it was ready. It was just kind of like, it was still a little too um, experimental for the time it came out. And that's what Paul was even saying too in the episode. And, and it was cool to see like a resurgence of people finding that later and then being like, holy fuck, this came out. Fucking this long? What's, oh. what's, what's, what's that? What am I hearing? Stuff just yeah. being ahead of its time, you know. Uh, that's uh, kind of how I felt about, believe it or not, a band that's not even in that genre at all. Or that, that they're, this band is crazy, but Faith No More. Oh yeah. Uh, when, yeah. When Faith No More came out, I actually dug it. Thought it was pretty cool, but I was reading stuff in magazines, and those guys were like getting booed off the stage. And then, okay, let's fast forward ten years later. And I'm, you know, chilling, driving down the street with my, you know, with my son or whatever. And uh, the real thing comes on the fucking radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I did yeah. not see that coming at all because everybody, they, they didn't really hate him. But there was only a few of my metal buddies that kind of got it. You know what I mean? That yeah. thought that was yeah. a pretty cool alternative thing to listen to once you're sick of, you know, putting rivets in your head. Um, <laughs> it's like 
it was uh, it was different. And of course, you know, Mr. Bundle and all that shit. You know. So uh, uh, I, I, that was going to be my question to you: was did you were you, was Bungle already on your radar before Faith No More? Dallas? Uh, no, I discovered them. I discovered that after I discovered Faith No More, because then okay. I started checking out, started reading stuff, and I was like, right, right. And then a buddy of mine that I that was. Uh, he didn't go to the same high school as me, but we were buddies as we hung out in the same metal guy crowd, whatever. And um, he had a Mr. Bungle cassette. Which one? Yeah. Was it the self-titled disco? I think it was. Day? It looked like a fucking demo. Oh, okay. So it might have been the fucking... They had a bunch but, of demos before they put anything out. The only thing I remember is, squeeze my macaroni. Yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's the, that's the, uh, the self-titled... But also the demo right before it was, had squeezed me macaroni. And it might have been, and and the demo I I think it's eight u o eight i eight one eight or some shit. I can't remember what that demo is called. But the one right before they put their shit out on Warner Brothers, um, it's basically just the early versions of songs you would have found on that that first self titled. But that's cool, dude. So, um. Yeah, so Faith No More was your first introduction to Mike, and then you dug into Bungle. So what? So what was your experience with that? Like, because uh, everybody has their first Bungle experience, and it's nobody's ready for it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I could say that I found it highly entertaining. Yeah, and we would laugh and we would sing along with it, and you know, make jokes and whatever, and. We liked the sort of uh, lightheartedness of it, kind of, you know. Uh -huh. It was a little bit of a break from some of the other shit we were getting, getting into, which was, you know, pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, did you dig enough to find out that, you know, they started in crossover thrash, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. That that first demo, what was it? Uh, the Easter Bunny demo. That's the... <laughs> Breaking yeah. Wrath of the Easter Bunny. That literally, if you listen to it, it sounds no different than most of the metal. We were, you know, once you get back to the beginnings of all those bands, like they were just as important at that time for me. Yeah. When you when you go back and and listen to other things that were happening at the same time, like they and in high school they caught that that wave of crossover thrash that was just bubbling up at the time, you know. Totally. You know, I did that just went under the radar for me because I was already uh, the interview I did the other night. I was kind of telling about how crossovers sort of like uh, real close to my heart in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, he was like, so name a couple of bands that we'd already been talking about DRI. So I was like, yeah, DRI and then crumb suckers. You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like that's, I consider that to be some great crossover right there. And uh, probably my favorite. SOD would be me and Joel's probably introduction to crossover. Joel, do you have anything earlier than SOD where you got introduced uh, to crossover? Uh, no, SOD was pretty much. Yeah, that was my. I mean, that was my first. I mean, I was into the Slayer mode back then, and uh, but that's SOD really mode. not crossover. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like but the, the, but they were doing like funny, like the 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 comedy crossover was. That yeah. Was my first. Comment, like where i was like actually laughing with the songs and i was like <laughs> totally because like, they were so shocking and shit back then i mean even nowadays they're not even you can't even fucking you can't play any of that shit but uh you yeah, know like you can't. 
but I uh, guess Suicidal did that a little bit too. They kind of started out more punk, and then the riffs started to get a little bit more thrashy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then they started getting a little bit of funk and groove going on. Oh, Nate here. Yeah, I, I dug. I dug all that shit. Actually. Definitely. Oh, Shout yeah. out Nate. Nate is in the. Uh, is in the. Uh, the oh, other what up? Ontogeny. We, you already got a shout out earlier, bro. You get another yeah, <laughs> Kenji episode. Let's talk about that bass, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. Kenji, we're the we'll, we'll save, we'll save, we'll save that up for, for my episode. I want our show and stuff like that, but yeah, I'll do that then. But yeah, to kind of talk about it, I have a play a bass called the NS Stick. It's kind of unique. It's an eight string bass, uh, part Chapman's Stick, part Steinberger. And people ask me why I play that instrument. It's because, you know, people are going like nine string, 10 string guitars and they're coming to my register. So I'm like, fuck you, I'm going to your register now. So that's kind of my, my <laughs> attack against, yeah, basically my, my pushback against the, the trend. So. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I mean, like a chapstick, right? A chapstick. Yeah, it's like a chapstick. <laughs> but like I said, I mean, I, I would love to, I don't I know last time I was on, I had it on me. I could kind of show stuff, but I won't. Um, I can't really. It's kind of hard to kind of explain without showing stuff, you know? So I would like to, uh, in the future, if, if I'm able to come back, I'll Dude, you, need, you definitely need, you yeah. definitely need like a big chapstick sticker on it. Like, a, or like, or like do a video, a playthrough video where your lips are super chapped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just rub your face on it. <laughs> And you're in a bad mood, so you're all chapped, and then you play. The <laughs> you're a chapped chap. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to Steve, the, uh, uh, Steve also too from Cephalic. He does uh, he does sound for Mister B- Muster Bungle. No, pretty much all of Patton's projects. Steve, like, yeah, yeah. I like that's actually who I heard that from. Yeah, yeah. No, so definitely. wait, I want to that song where he's like, "Sing and rejoice." Sing and rejoice. I, want to get I can't remember the song. Somebody tell me. Kenji, whatever. Did you did you um, develop this cross this mix of the two instruments or? Oh no no. So I kind of said that uh, it was my revenge against like the trend, but that's just kind of an afterthought. It so what initially happened was I was looking for an extended range uh, bass. Um, I was going through a Craigslist. I just couldn't find one. Things were like, what, two grand, three grand. It was just kind of expensive. I'm like, ah, I don't spend that much money. I don't have that kind of money. And I was looking around, and I just come across this thing. I, I forgot what I did. I changed the wording on it. So I wasn't looking for, like, an extended range base specifically. And this, that NS stick came up. And it was only, like, 900 bucks. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? And I saw a picture of it. What the hell is that? So I go there. Meet the guy, and then the guy doesn't know what he got. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know. I, I kind of just came across me, and like, I don't even know what this is. Yeah, it's a broom. Like Nate saying, like, I refer to it as a broom. It literally looks like a broom. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, what the hell is this thing? And I play it, and it's like, this is just kind of hard to play. It's so bizarre, but it's like only my hundred bucks. Everything else is like two grand. So like, well, yeah, I'll get buy it. So that's that's how I got it. That and I've been, I've been playing it since, and I kind of got a kick accustomed to it so it's like it's i can't if i pick up a regular bass i just kind of it takes me like a little while to get used to it because i'm just so used to my instrument right now it's its own animal Mm -hmm. it's like it's basically yeah it's kind of a harp i'm basically playing a harp (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i like that idea though of taking it back for bass players because i know that you know 
with all the eight string and now nine string guitars that are coming into the fold, like they're 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 in your register now, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, the, the, most bands don't have bass players anymore. Yeah, they don't have bass players anymore. You can't even hear it in the mix. I heard that some people just like record their bass line on their guitar and they'll just like octave it down just to make their life easier, right? So it's like, well, I'm. Yeah, and I have to totally agree with that. I mean, uh, Narcotic Wasteland, uh, half our songs are in D-sharp standard and half of our songs are in D-standard. So we're not a really low-tuned band. Like, I like the guitar to be a guitar. Yeah. And uh, and when we change tunings halfway through the set, the only thing Kenji has to do is he has a capo up here and he just moves it either up or down one, one half step. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. And uh, it's, it's, it works brilliantly. It sounds tight as shit. And uh, even though if you look, look at what he's doing compared to what we're doing on the guitars, um, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you listen to it, it's like right in there. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I, it, uh, that's a, a brilliant way to approach to uh, the low-end instrument. You know what I mean? He's got, he can go up into the guitar register or he can go way down into the brown notes, you know? The cash register. The cash <laughs> register, yeah. <laughs> you got the you high register, money. mid register, and cash register. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of the reason why the eight string works well is the flexibility because I do play in multiple bands. So, and they're all playing different tunings, right? So rather than having multiple instruments, this is kind of my way of being cheap. It just has, has one instrument that have a capo, and I'm just instantly in these other tunings without me having to deal with changing the tuning every time, changing the strings out, having multiple instruments. I could just have one instrument and a capo, and I'm good to play in these multiple bands. That was literally going to be my next question to you, was, uh, or one statement, which is I've never really seen anybody use a capo in metal, let alone a bass player in metal use it. Um and I wanted to, yeah, have you go into that a little bit as to how make a for a dummy like me listening to this thing right now. What what does a capo do exactly, and what depending on uh, tuning and all that stuff, where do you place it on the guitar or bass to make it um, still, you know, within tune uh, now i'm starting to just act like yeah check them out dude i don't know these things yeah do the mickey mouse you gotta mickey mouse them yeah yeah i broke these all i stepped on them like an asshole like probably 20 episodes ago and i've been still using them <laughs> fuck it they said st i still hear you guys um they got the the strap that's still in here so it still stays on my head um but yeah this, so, is, this is a two-parter though two-parter for anthony like what what also like what does a guitar do i would i'd like to understand that a little more because i've always seen a capo used i know what it is and i know that um the placement of it makes it to where I lose it there, dude. Like, it's well, I mean, here. So basically, the reason why you get notes from a string is because depending on the length of the string, right? That's why we fret, we finger the strings to make the strings longer or shorter. Mm -hmm. That's how you get that specific note. So a capo is basically having 
think of it having that permanent finger on a certain fret, okay. which allows me to play it open. So for example, my bass without the capo is tuned to E flat octave down. So that's very, very low. Mm. And I rarely play in that register because first of all, you can't really hear it anyways, but I have an in flat just to have the flexibility. Like Dallas just said, narcotic windstand plays in two different tunings. So we have um, uh, uh, E flat and D. So in the middle of our set, we actually play like a little, uh, like a 40 second sound effect. And the guys have to uh, change out their instruments because they have two instruments. One's tuned to uh, D, one's tuned to E flat. In my case, all I have to do is I have a capo and I move it up and I'm ready to go in five seconds. It's scooch so, it a half step forward and then it's playing a half step forward when you're open. Mm. You know, like the open string becomes the new note. Is or rather, the, so, the capoed string. <laughs> yeah, because now but, that, but that's his open string. Yeah, the open becomes the capo wherever it's at. So you have it up here, it's like way higher. Yes, but there's different schools of thought regarding this, though. Um, this this method thing. doesn't really work well for um, recording, unfortunately. And Nate, who was in the chat section, kind of discussed We had a discussion about this a while back, too, about there's a certain sound that you get through just playing an open and a capoed open. And and the nut, the nut versus the nut versus a capo is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's different sounds. So when I record, I actually, you know, I don't use a capo. I actually, you know, tune it down to the correct tuning because there's this, it, it, there's a certain intricacy that you can't get with a capo and it works perfectly for live. So for live purposes, it's fine. I mean, it's great. It's flexible instruments, but for recording, I actually use two different bases for recording, you know, because I like the open sound. I have an Ibanez, um, a prestige that I use for recordings because it sounds, the open string sounds super fat on those. Yeah. But for the uh, the top register, I use my uh, NS stick. So that's recording. I mean, that's a whole other. There's a whole another school for that. But live purposes, yeah, the NS stick is a great instrument for being flexible. It can play in multiple tunings. Yeah, nice. That's what yeah. It's so Anthony, just yeah. like, to put it, like to put it like cause for Anthony that doesn't really play guitar or tune stuff very often, it's basically like if all the strings were to be tuned, they're up by frets. So like, yeah, if you tune down, it's another fret lower that you're tuning down but instead of that like if, like let's say if you're normal tuning and you tune a half step all the strings down a half step so that means basically um if you want to be in normal tuning you would put a capo on the first fret and that would be now normal tuning because all mm. the strings be held down so okay. hold all those strings down and now you're an e rather than e so what okay so when you say the two tunings for narcotic which is e flat and what no, it's a D, D, D sharp. D, D, okay. D, D, D so where do you D. place the capo to differentiate those two tunes? So, yeah, so imagine where, where my capo is, is the headstock. Like, that might be a better way for you to visualize it. So okay. if I put my capo on the third string, imagine that everything above that third string is cut off, and that's where the headstock of the guitar is. That's where the, the, yeah, is chopped off. You so chopped you tune off. to yeah. the lower tuning and then use the capo to bring it up? Bring it up. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah. I get, I'm getting it, We're all guys. learning. I love I'm, it. I'm <laughs> walking Jesus in. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, uh, and you know, Kenji, I, I, I definitely get what Kenji's saying about the sound of an open string compared to a fretted string. And a lot of times when I'm riffing around and, you know, trying to figure out guitarists, I do with cording or open string uh, picking, 
Uh, I try to use incorporate open strings in my riff because they just they resonate mm -hmm. a, a much more open and a lot more sustained to them. So I can totally see that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I would uh, with the recordings that Kenji has been sending me. Hell, they they're in tune, they're in time. He does a lot of great uh, licks and killer stuff that adds to the song. Hell, I didn't know he wasn't using a capo until now. <laughs> he doesn't use a capo when he records. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. That's oh, that's yeah. really yeah, cool. Which, which is kind of cool, but then also kind of sucks for me because that means I have to learn the song two times. Like, I have to I have to record it. Oh, this, yeah. With, with this it and then, yeah, when I, when I play it live, I use a capo, so I have to relearn it in this new in this right. my tuning, which is, which is fine. It's not that big of a deal, but just for the element of capturing the sound, just because I want the best sound quality, you know, I use yeah two different bases and the the bass sideliners that I use, I actually tune into the tuning that I've actually played. Utilize yeah. open strings. Are are there like well, the chapstick sounds pretty good though? I mean, you know, yeah. maybe just get you like a string endorsement from hell. Well, I think kind of what, like what uh, what what Casey's brought to ask because it's the same question I was going to ask. Is like yeah. so let's say if you were gonna because we've had friends. Like like the like your dots do you have like set or you were gonna have separate dots for if like for a capo well i mean like yeah do you oh have no no fret markers yeah, yeah fret markers. you just have those like 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 led like move up you just you just get used to it so for example if i put so i had to put my capo on the third front <laughs> to play in e flat so i just kind of move everything up and i write it down to because I play like the, the sixth fret, the eighth fret, instead of playing, you know, what what would have been the third and the fifth fret. So if you yeah. think of it that way, it's not a that big of a deal. You know, it's not, I don't, I'm not transposing the entire time. I'm I not mean, doing math the entire time. I just memorize I mean, the playing. He's being like the best jazz if, musician of all time. Yeah, from the first fret, I'm the third fret, the, the, dots, the dots still kind of align on the third fret a little bit. So like, this is blowing you my mind. There. Like if you were to do like the first fret, then like all the dots move yeah, yeah. one over and then that I mean, like, like your brain like the visual part of it all muscle memory at that point sort of yeah so i'm not basically you i'm not memorizing the playing to an open uh, open string if that makes sense so if i put yeah. in the capo on the, like the second or third fret so sometimes i'll do it on a third sometimes i'll put it in a second yeah. i'll just memorize a song yeah it's okay so i play on the sixth and the eighth and the, you know like that so i'm not doing math like it's, i'm not transposing the entire time i just memorize playing with the capo on at that tuning so it's it makes not that much of a difference to me it's not like it's not as uh, as complicated or as, as it sounds it's just basically memorizing the song in a in a weird tuning that's all well it it's because you're an amazing musician that it's not that complicated <laughs> I, was gonna say, I was gonna say it's not complicated yeah. to you <laughs> yeah. i have to pick up a whole damn guitar and my guitar has to be exactly the same as the other guitar except for the tuning my thing was gonna be i was gonna yeah. add that which is you say that oh i don't have to switch instruments but you do have to re you have to play a song differently oh yeah then. Well, I'm, I am, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not playing. Well, technically, I'm playing. If, if going back to the example that I said, if you took the capo and cut off everything above it and made it into a headstock, and if you pay attention to what I'm doing with that mind, and you'll realize that I'm doing exactly the same thing that the other guys are doing because I'm just playing in that tuning. It's just that it looks a little bit weird just because there's the capo there. But if you ignore everything above the capo and think of the capo as a zero fret. Yeah, then you yeah. think, oh, 
I'm actually Kenji's just playing exactly the same thing as all other guys are doing. But that's shorter scale dots, base. That's where the dots yeah. come into play, though. It's reference to yeah. I'm always thinking about like dots. No matter what tuning I'm in, it's like that's third fret. Like tw- I need to know where twelve oh, is. I, I, I need to know where twelve so is. And I need you, that tells me the nine. Do you like seven. use dots? <laughs> like you have dots? Like or well, my so I, my, I don't have anything on my fretboard. So I, I have I have this um, company called Nick Illusions okay. that sends me um, decals. So I don't know if you see my bass recently. My bass, my fretboard is all red right now because I thought, oh, it'd be kind of cool to make it all red. So it's all red. So I have no dots. I have, I have no fret, I have no fret markers. Dots. Wow. We don't need no stinking we don't dots. Need no dots. <laughs> yeah. not, not. Where we're going, we don't need no dots. Yeah. <laughs> no dots. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Though. That's crazy. Wow. I, I, mean, I, I just I, feel like you'd be like an insane like session jazz. Like I just someone comes in, is like, oh, I'm playing in C standard. I'm playing in E flat or B flat. And you're just like, no problem. That would work if I knew if I knew my scales that well. I just I don't know my scales that well, but yeah, I mean that would work if I had yeah if I did. There's people that have the just like I think it's the more like I was getting at the muscle memory because I remember our friend our old friend Richie uh, Casey one time we were gonna film a video of him doing a Mac- Michelangelo Badio video and he was yeah. like oh, and yeah. he was like oh it's tuned to half step lower okay okay I'll do it. And just like no moved problem. everything a half step and just yeah. did it. By the way, went, what's he doing what now? That's like taking your drum set and pushing it like a foot forward and just be like, I'll just like reach over here. Yeah, yeah. It's like just like your his brain was like, okay, muscle memory patterns. I'm not gonna worry about the dots and stuff. I'm just gonna, you know, just move everything a half step forward and just make it normal tuning and then just like shred on that. And I was like, and he just played yeah. the whole uh no boundaries. We like Casey, we filmed yeah, it in our fucking yeah. Did like in, in the uh, living room, and he just I remember he watching that, step. dude. Yeah, and he's all half step. Okay, okay, so I'll just okay, and just played the whole thing for us. We're like, how did you that make was that a famous video? Easily? Yeah, that I was, was like, a famous video in our in our group, and I I now I'm curious as to what that dude's up to right now. Uh, so yeah, you... last time he was homeless. Oh, but shit. uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> God damn. Do you know what he reminds me of? Do you know Do you know that uh, in shooting games? There's like that boss that doesn't move and like shoots in like all these bullets in different yeah, multiple yeah. directions. He just reminds me of that. Just this guy who just cannot move because he's playing this massive like X instrument and just kind of staying yeah. in place. And there's just no way to look cool playing that thing too. It's like I know he's doing something really cool, but he just yeah, he's just it's just goofy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Richie, I hope you're doing good. I hope you didn't get stuck in the narcotic wasteland. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He came over here uh, 2020 and uh, was living out of a van. And then, um, like, cops just like immediately ticketed the shit out of his van just for being like, this, Wait, like, Michelangelo Daddio? Oh, no, 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 not Michelangelo. No, no, no. Michael, <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. I thought he was talking about him. I was like, What the hell? <laughs> oh, no, he's Michelangelo's doing terrible, dude. He's dude, he's pushing like, the heart, dude. He's fucking. <laughs> oh, okay. He's got no, a, no. It's a, a old friend acoustic that used to... with only four strings still on it sitting out. Yeah, of it's an old friend of ours. It's, uh, yeah, last time I saw him, it was, yeah, he was, he was on up and up, but yeah, he was, uh, having. Having some issues. Well, but uh, you asked yeah. me, and I've been drinking, so I just said it on the podcast. Well, so uh, in Samuel last names, <laughs> and actually, you guys, it's not even his real name. His real name's actually something else. So. Right. Well, cheers to that guy, and you know, it's really tough on everybody right now in the world. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, definitely. There are a lot of people. I don't know if you notice this, but when you're driving down the road, you'll see a lot of houses, but you'll see a lot of like uh, RVs and campers and stuff. Mm-hmm. part in front of those houses and obviously there's like family members living there 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. everything is so goddamn expensive. And even if you have a skill and trade you're really good at, you're not getting paid what you deserve. And mm-hmm. It's uh it's a pretty shitty time for everybody right now. Not to no, be a Debbie Downer, but no, for sure. Know, I, I, uh, I notice exactly what you're talking about. I've noticed I, I live on a coastal in a coastal town and, and the RV thing did get much bigger after the pandemic. Um, a lot more homeless yeah. after the pandemic and and, and a lot of it was just people saying fuck this shit yeah i know but it's it is sad because it's just like that it's devast that was a devastating part so it's just like in our yeah, history it's so it, it affected a lot and and we're still going to be seeing it for a while you know a long I feel like, yeah i feel like it's like super weird like how the housing and rental market has just gotten so out of control and like mm-hmm. you know like like everything else is like where it's at and there's all these other things in the economy and society but like how did that ha- like how did they get away with that like how did everybody's they- trying to recoup what they lost it's all people <laughs> investing like, people are all investing before in that before the pandemic too yeah, people invest in properties and then like then yeah. they wait for the fucking value to go up and then they yeah. sell it and then one house on the block will sell for like $150,000 more than everyone thought it would sell for, then all the other houses around it go up, and yep. then they can all sell those yeah. houses for more expensive, and they it's like rinse and repeat. They just it's keep like, doing like, it until it's like, like all right, $1 million for 900 square feet? Like, all right, dude. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, and especially with, like, the interest rates now, I was watching a video. It was like, if you make 500, or if you want a $500,000 house, which is still pretty expensive here, it's like, that'd be like a steal where I live. But yeah, yeah. they were like, yeah. you have to make comfortably... 192,000 a year to afford that house right now with the interest rates being that high because I didn't I just learned about all the interest rates and with mortgage and stuff like and how like that can affect like dramatically like yeah it'd be for like a million dollar house would be five thousand dollars a month you know when it was two percent or whatever but now it would be now it would be like almost ten thousand, oh, like you know eleven thousand because of the interest rate so it's like trying to combat inflation with that whatever but it's like yeah it's, it's just insane it's like even so- shitty parts of the like total parts that you wouldn't want to normally go to and you look at zillow or whatever and you're like jesus christ like it's like i feel like zillow. that's like way out of proportion from the rest of the economy like food and other things and like whatever and, and everything else is like a certain level but like then, then there's like housing like cost of living there, yeah, yeah. you know yeah it's, and it used to be like the rule of thumb was like what like 30 percent of your yeah. of your pay should go to yeah. cost of living now it's like they're like it's like retirement they're like oh you can retire a little later later <laughs> later it's like you know it's like they keep pushing yeah. it up and up and up until they're like like jesus christ like what do i fucking do like you know it's it's just uh yeah i think it's just a bunch of investors trying to make much money and they have and now like got away with kind it. of suffering yeah. from that you know yeah. well and there's also the inherent thing of they don't want any of us to own anything they just want us yeah. to rent it it yeah. doesn't matter if it's software yeah. or housing. Yeah, it's like monthly payments now. You're right. Fuck, they yeah. they try to figure out a way to do that with food too, if they could. You know? Yeah. Well, they already do it with pharmaceuticals. He's just gonna rent that food. You're gonna have to excrete it and return it to me later. Yeah. <laughs> Recycle it. Yeah. Well, we kind of do. If you don't turn your shit in, you get taxed. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> That's a good. Uh, there's a good Douglas Adams joke in there somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I heard somewhere that you're gonna have to start like uh, renting a subscription just to have your car on. 
that if you like delinquent, they'll shut your car off. In some of the newer models, they're working on that. That's what I heard. I'm not sure how true it is, but I'll the subscription model has been like it's fucked because it's such a I hope you forget that you got the subscription and we want our money every month and then you forget about it and it's like a year later and you're like, Oh, I've been paying this thing I didn't even fucking use. And yeah, yeah, it's like it's that whole model that's like kind of taken over. And sometimes Google Drive, like, Dropbox, it, all those. You look at it, you're like, oh, like eight ninety nine a month, whatever. That's not bad. Then you like forget about it, and it's like, oh, cool, that was five hundred bucks that I forgot about. You know, it's like yeah. it slowly took whittled it away from your bank account, and you're like, you, yeah, it's, it's like the whole what they're Parasite. hoping on, you know? Yeah, it's like plus, and Oh yeah, like, and good luck canceling that shit. Oh yeah, especially or getting, I mean, luck getting your money back if you never used it. Like if you're like, I've like, never used it. It's like every major corporation has taken on the porn website mentality. Yeah. Right. It's like as soon as you sign into that shit, good luck signing out of it. You're yeah. going to have to talk to someone on the phone. And, of course, that's also a thing. But they say you can do it online. But then you go to <laughs> click that one thing and it says that we're temporarily this is temporarily unavailable. Yeah. 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 Or like and it glitches and you can't even put in your full address because the line won't actually select united states or whatever mm-hmm. oh yeah like I, little I, glitches yes. like that oh all the time dude i'm i'm damn gen x as fuck i'm riddled with that shit every time i pick up the computer <laughs> i'm just like fuck <laughs> 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 i hate that shit man and uh yeah. they make it very difficult uh I, I noticed it you know of course with like uh xbox live and shit or any of those subscriptions or you know, probably I'm sure with Netflix, of course, I haven't, um, I let mine lapse uh, a good while back. But, you know, I think really, ultimately, if we want to win this war, fellas, we need to just stop giving rich assholes our money. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I know. Pull all the money out of the banks, stop shopping Amazon. I know how convenient it is. And yeah, that would really suck. But, you know, these guys are, they're holding all the cards. And, right. uh, and they, from what I hear, yeah. I've never, I never uh, would grace that place with my presence, but I hear they treat their employees like shit. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah we're going to go back to shitting without phones. Yeah, go mm. back to shitting without phones. You need yeah. To- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, yeah. I don't know if I could yes. do that. <laughs> yes. All the toilets just have like a no phone sign. I, I, literally I might was. have to add milk in my coffee oh. back into my diet, but then, yeah. <laughs> I, re- yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. reading the ingredients on shampoo bottles and shit like oh, that. Dude. Yeah, oh, I, I used to do that too. too. I used to do that too. That's like a grab yep. something to read, and you're like, oh, what, what the- else are you going to look at? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it fuck. I'm old. Is- I was like Hit Parader, Power Metal, yeah. uh, Metal Maniacs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to have the stack, dude. The only place yeah. I've, ever, I've ever felt like. Like without my phone, no big deal in a toilet was in Japan, and I just got back. And uh, oh yeah, <laughs> they probably got toilets. TVs and shit. Wow, they have heated toilet seats yeah. there. Dude. Japan, we take our toilets very seriously. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's like a goddamn running? space station. So no problem. Japan, Kenji. I'm Japanese. Where where so, are you from? Um, my parents are from Kyoto. Okay, nice. So, but I've never lived there. I speak the language, I'm fluent, but um, I I've never lived there. I visited, haven't been there in like twelve years, though, to be honest. Yeah, but, really. Yeah, just some dirty been... words in Japanese. Teach us <laughs> dirty words in Japanese, real quick. Hey, what, what do you want to know? How to, how to say? Ooh, uh, white devil. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 
Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's gonna say it with the accent. How else do you say in Japanese? I went to Kyoto. It's cool. We stayed there one night. Oh, yeah. I got this shirt, dude. The, uh, I got that shirt, Kyoto? Yeah, Kyoto's uh, kind of where they keep the old school charm going. There's lots of temples, lots of, um, uh, like, you know, the, the, the scenery that you see in the samurai movies, and like, you'll, you'll still yeah. see those there. Oh, Tokyo's, nice. Tokyo's kind of modernized. You see a bunch of buildings, but Kyoto has, yeah. still has the uh, old school buildings there. Yeah, we did the three-hour walking tour in Kyoto. We did the whole the temples and all that, all the way to the top of the hill. It was sick. Fuck. Nice, super nice. And uh, yeah, man, like I uh, went to Osaka too. And also, there's a bar, Rock Rock, in Osaka, which is a rad bar. And my, like my friend, uh, who's a tattoo artist, he goes out there every year, and he like knows the owners there, and they're super cool. And it was like, dude, it was crazy. Like, there's all these like Polaroids on the wall. And there's like hanging out with like Maynard from Tool, Marilyn Manson, all these people that have come there and like kicked it and stuff. It's crazy. Dude, uh, I've been to the Rock Rock. You have? <laughs> I was Yes. Uh, Niall, uh, for a few couple years in a row there, we were doing a circuit over there called Extreme the Dojo. Mm. And uh, one year it was uh, us and Trypticon and fucking Obscura. Oh shit! Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was uh, probably our second or third time over. I think our first time over was in uh, 2003. But yeah, you know, you do Osaka, you ride the bullet train all the way down. Yep, yep, yep we did that. Yeah, that shit's awesome and uh, great culture, uh, great, great people, and a lot of cool shit to see. It kind of reminded me of the old Godzilla movies. Yeah. Like the way it, way it looked, I was like, "Those weren't crazy or bad special effects. That's just how this place fucking looks." Yeah, totally. But, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun to to visit yeah. there. Ho- hopefully, we can get there again. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, shout out to uh, Gilbert in the chat. Yeah, totally. Um, it's a Yoko and, and Senji. I think Senji's the owner. And uh, anyways, they're fucking badass. Oh my god. <laughs> Whole wall of like, <laughs> amazing ass people. God damn, can't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, also the God's Metal Bar in in, in Shinjuku in Tokyo. Uh, that place is badass, dude. There's all the plaques on the walls. There's suffocation. All the shit science. Suicide yeah. silence. All the all the all the autographs. Fucking all the people, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we went to a really cool bar and uh, bar restaurant and uh, was it was it Montreal? No, it was Montreal. Where was that? Um, the Montreal metal- had a metal bar. Oh, Montreal is great. Yeah, uh, there's there's one that had like they literally had a demi burger, and I ate the Exodus yeah. sandwich. What was that place? Oh, the Co- Coven? Yeah, Coven. Was that was that in Manitoba? Well, there's Man- a place, Manitoba. I thought there was a place muted. in Chicago. Oh no, that was in Ottawa. That was Ottawa. in Ottawa. That's right. Yeah, that yeah. was in Ottawa because Eric was there. Marathi. Oh yeah, Eric was there. there. And, uh, it was a funny night, actually. Be drinking uh, Coors, Coors seltzers and shit. There was no white claws there. Coors seltzers. seltzers. He's There's a white claw, bro. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm all with the <laughs> Topo Chicos, but yeah. But Coors probably owns it. Nine. <laughs> I know. Probably. It was yeah. funny. I, I was I was kind of in not a great mood that night because actually the place was pretty packed and my guitar went down. Oh yeah, he did mm. the singing. Yeah. 
Fuck yeah. yeah. So uh, I had to put my guitar down and just sing, but luckily, I mean, you know, we still sounded pretty killer. Which, oh, dude, that was pretty fucking sick, bro. It was cool was seeing you like down the, there, just like fucking, like yeah. yeah Want to see that? With the mic, yeah. You know? That happened a couple of times in the Nile days too, where something happened with my guitar and it went down. And then what do you do then? You just grab the fucking mic and finish the song. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> they get get to be just a singer for a minute. The show it, goes it, on. Yeah, you got to keep going. You can't hold up the show because you know your cabinet failure or whatever happens. <laughs> Got out to David, our, our old guitar player, uh, Vodius. He um, one time uh, his, he broke a string one time, and we were like playing the show in like Arizona or something. And he just throws the guitar on the ground and just starts the biggest mosh. He just jumps in and just starts. The <laughs> mosh. He just gets in and starts like wrecking people, and people like starts the whole crowd moving. And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Yes, he was like, "How could I be useful right now? Because we have like two minutes left in the song." I'm yeah. not gonna fucking like try to fix it. I'm just gonna go start. I mean, we were all young and stuff. It's not like a thing. Probably at this age, we, he would have done. But I've um, talked yeah, about it on. No, no, that, that's great showmanship. It's about entertainment, exactly. and that's exactly, exactly what you guys went and did. You know, I brought it up yeah. on the show previously, yeah. but I'm gonna bring it up again because the that was just brought up with the David Siskin thing because he's he just broke a string and he's just like fuck it, I'm gonna do whatever I'm gonna do. But then you got the Eric Rutan dude. Who uh, yeah. literally will break shit. a string, restring, tune up, and finish the song? Yeah, it's yeah. The, he'll he'll be able to restring with the Floyd Rose though. With the Floyd Rose though, that's the that's the, that's the impressive yeah. part to me. You can restring easily normally, but the Floyd Rose part, like he, I remember him on stage just like fucking doing it, clipping it, doing all it the was, things. And it like, was one of the most impressive things I've seen, dude. Yeah. Because, and and you know the Stare. crowd. You know the crowd when that happens. They're watching it They're all like go watching down, you, yeah. and then they see him step back up to the mic and jump back in the song. Everybody's energy is just brought right back up to ten. Like, yeah, oh, it's shit. like and then you watch. You there's that famous that off, dude. Oh famous, yeah, Steve Ray Vaughn video of that where he breaks a string and he's singing and he pops. It's yeah. like all over the internet and stuff where he pops a string and then like he's like he looks back at the tech. He's all because like you see a string just like flailing. It's like his yeah. uh not his E string was maybe his g-string or something just pops off and he's like fuck and he just like gives he just looks back and he's still he's in the middle of a solo when it happens and he yeah. has to like start skipping the string and stuff i hate him like breaks it's terrible dude. yeah and he goes Gil like gilbert there's a part where it's just like a, it's like it's all you know it's it's a blues part where it's just all like it, the no guitar it's all he's like doing that part he's all <laughs> and it just goes right back into the song and i was like oh yeah fuck that's like to me when you you know when you played shows and stuff recoveries are like dude the most impressive thing i've ever i, mean, I hope gilbert's telling like, the oh, truth in the fuck. chat because he says he bit off the end of the fucking string while he restringed are we talking about rutan dude what he that's bit weird. the ball end off with his teeth dude that's Jesus. what Eric would do. Fuck. Uh, Jesus ouch. Christ, dude. I know. I, know. I tried. To, I tried to bring it back to it, dude. Jeez. You gotta that's damn. You gotta take care of the grill a little bit better. I don't, I don't know if that's like dental approved. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm believing. Yeah. Just was keep that on your hand. My teeth hurt just thinking about that. That's something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I, Gilbert was trolling me, and I fucking bit oh, the fuck. I bit the fucking bait, dude. That troll bait, troll bait. Uh, <laughs> Gourmet for fuck's sake! I think. I, but no, uh, dude, that, that shows, I see it too. I've that never shows seen like FFS. Shout like out to bros who open bottles with their teeth, like. 
I've done uh, that multiple times. When I was younger, I did that because I was like, I can do it, but I was like, oh, the enamel on my teeth should probably not do that. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, sure. that's just not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, check it out. I can do it. And I was like, I don't know if that's uh, I think it's digging into my teeth enamel. I'm going to have to have some serious work later because of this. But... Yeah. yeah I'm I'd, sure. I'd probably completely remove a molar and be like, ah! <laughs> you know, <laughs> fucking blood going <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Help me! That is definitely the more real life situation. <laughs> Kevin, oh, to bring back uh, to the, you know, like Casey traveling and stuff and um, I saw... Um, on Saturday last week, I saw Shakti with uh, John McLaughlin and Zakir Hussain. Oh, God damn, I, that was so jealous, dude. Fucking oh. that, those guys with music. I don't know if you guys, you know, you know, uh, John McLaughlin from like Vishnu oh, and stuff. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Watching, watching them, it's like it's a uh, East Indian music with Zakir Hussain. It's like the, he's a death metal tabla player. It's just like, yeah. he's, all, dude, he's like, they're just oh, like, they're sick. And, and I, I like uh, my buddy's trying to go. Josh is trying to go in Austin, but you can't even get resale to it. We like um, shout out yeah. to Trevor. He like got tickets the day they went on sale. It was like two hundred bucks a ticket, but we just got them. Said fuck it, we're getting them. And like it was the most I would have spent up show I've ever seen. It's it was the most fucked up show I've seen because it was like the time signatures because because they count like the the East Indian time. Um, I have no idea, but everyone would just be like this. They go like. They yeah. change every time, and then after like yeah, forty like, hits, they'd go like, "Oh, like a whole." I'd be like, "What the so fuck good. is going on?" And like they're like, oh, and they're like, they, they, they count differently. What's up? Jo- Joe they count differently. They count. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, um, I mean, like, like a lot of like cultures have like counting, like you know, like based on their like you know whatever like languages and stuff. But like Indian stuff is like. Yeah, the singer would say would riff with the guitar like player and knees at a whole nother level, dude. Yeah, dude. I was like, yeah, riff and ease. That's Dallas. We we still use riff and ease ever since your episode, yeah, by the way. Talking about it. The old riff and ease or riff and ease. Now we use both of those. Oh, yeah. 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 Hell like yeah. sure, man. This riff goes like this: Zan, I mean, it's. I was using the chins. I'd be like chin, 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 chin. I'm a chin guy. I'm a chin. But it really is. It is very. It's no different than what we're talking about with how you know the the south. Is it South India that the that Shakti's from? I think it's. Either no way, whatever, exactly where they're from, whatever but, uh, that 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 style of music that they're playing and how they count it, like it, it really is riffinese death well, metal. Dude. If the, you want to hear like regular, just like if you want to hear like so, so Steve Smith is all about that, like with Vital Information, his band. I've seen him twice live. Yeah, like he's like he plays the drums, like you know Steve Smith from Journey, and he's like oh yeah yeah yeah, fast drummer. Um, like he has like made it like almost like very accessible like like yeah they have songs like if you listen to vital information there are songs with that counting like no, real quick i have actually uh, i've queued up now because i uh me and naveen were going back on it because i like sent it to him and i was like what's your the fuck is this and he's like he's all i have no he's all I, they study their whole life on this but i have a video of a of a father son um doing the counting and it's and it's doing through patterns like it's watch it's Oh, dude, dude, I I fucking love this video. Let's watch watch this, please. Every time it hits the top, they clap. Oh, shit. 
down. Watch. Jane, that reminds me. That reminds me of like Yoni Mater. They're like quantized. They are, dude. So what? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, that shit is fixed. For the listeners, it's hard to explain. It's just that tight. It's just tight. But yeah, imagine like a vertical, like a rectangle, vertical, and each it's blocked out and something. It's hard to explain for a listener of the show only, but mm-hmm. each each pixel on this rectangle is filled up through diagonal. Nice. Yeah, I want everybody, Anthony, explain this. <laughs> right, yeah. well, They'll do those diagonal blocks just, and then they start disappearing. Yeah. I don't even like, know. They don't clap as much. Oh, I get it. So they're only just Freaking counting snake. on certain counts. Snake on a Nokia. They start yeah, with the whole count and then they take counts away and still count it on time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. all the fill, yeah. all the open positions that it goes through. Is yeah, and they start going like that. That you know, yeah, in, in between, it's like fucking contortionist shit. Language. Like, like, literally, yeah, like, li- like linguistic ways of counting rhythms, like in crazy odd times. It's like, I was like, Hey, I wrote this trip. It goes like, Sorry, to get them, but oh, yeah, and they're just like, Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 just like speak Ripponese, Riffanese, whatever, like in their perfect and it's like part of the musical language it's tablanese dude it's like, like we're, we're like one e and a two e and a three and, you know <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, the crazy part was uh was was the guy the singer guy going along with john mclaughlin he's going yeah. he's going like he's i was like what the fuck is and i remember trevor watching it just going like these guys are fucking not from earth i don't understand yeah. what's going yeah. on with these people like this is insane and for john mclaughlin just to jump into that and just like understand all the time like the east indian timing or the indian timing i'm just like and they're and they're all like doing the clap together like when they do their solos and stuff and they're all like they're all keeping everyone in check and stuff and just going like yeah. and now and this is like, and then, then yeah. like after uh, like, they're like, hey, they're like, they're like, hey, you missed the of the taki did on the fourth, like, but they would go like, like Zakir same, just go like, like they'd like battle each other like faster than death metal, like, like it was like fucking insane, dude. That was like the most death metal thing I've ever fucking seen. I would, I would definitely highly suggest Shakti's Natural Elements album if you're gonna dive into that shit because. It's an amazing album, and it's John McLaughlin, guys. Like, yeah, and if yeah, you don't know John McLaughlin, then what Shredder. are we even talking about? <laughs> OG Shredder. Yeah. Here's some ripping these for you. Uh, let's see. Over the mountain. Let's see if I can do it. Uh, 
You gotta do the triplets. You gotta know those triplets, man. Yeah, yeah. A fun thing to do would be like speak Ripponese, Ripponese, Ripponese. And then, like, but it has to be like a crazy song. And like, if your Ripponese is good enough, then we should know what song, like, what Spawn of Possession song, or yeah. like a crazy song that you're like, that's like a yeah, out there yeah. song. Like, if your Ripponese is good enough, then we should be able to know. You the know, Ripponese like, competition. <laughs> we'll have a oh, tournament of who can. Here's can the first entry. I know that one way. I was like, wait. <laughs> Someone sounds okay. It's gotta be a narcotic waste on you. Can't... Yeah, it's victims of the algorithm. <laughs> you can't make it that easy. It's your own band. Come on. Yeah. Easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> you or me? <laughs> you for sure. <laughs> but no, that's it's funny because we've created our own kind of like. Just kind of yeah. outsider, kind of like East Indian, with like with death metal. Everyone speaks a different dialect of it. Everyone speaks a different dialect. Now everything's all like, and it used to be like, used to be like, you know, like everything now is like. See, I always like to, I always like to dig in a little more. Yeah, yeah. So I like to dig in a little more. So it's like. It's got to be articulate, man. We're talking. You must, um, you must speak the proper Ripponese. The original Ripponese. The original dialect. Yeah. It's like Latin. Right. Oh, shit. Wait, we got a long old paragraph that just popped up in the chat right here. We got a yeah, great so. opportunity here. Oh, no, it's just promotion. I'm not even going to say your name. I'm just kidding. But it is uh, Riffany's, I would say, and I actually recently watched a video where in the hip hop setting, it was a guy who just had his ideas but didn't know how to translate it to piano and he had a guy who was just brilliant on the piano that would just sit there and listen to his hums and and he would he would like do something to life. do something way sicker than what he was thinking you're like yeah, no he was, was thinking, he was dude. actually no it was, it was <laughs> funny hearing this guy hum these melodies and then do this here and then do that there and then the guy would just fucking do it and then a beat would come and it's just like boom a song's made yeah, and yeah. so riffanese is the same way for a vocalist or a drummer to to translate their riff ideas to the guitar player you know and oh yeah yeah good good luck getting them to play it right <laughs> yeah i know yeah, yeah. and because my <laughs> what's in my head never comes out the same 
Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's it. But trying like to it's all least... like sick and epic and orchestrated in my head, and then it comes out like chin 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 chin. <laughs> just singing yeah. weird, yeah. No, it's sure. actually a profound thing that you just said there because that's what can happen. Like that's the big struggle when it comes to you know writing and coming up with music is we do have these crazy ideas in our head, but we're limited to what we can actually do in the physical world. Right. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that we can do to combat that is to stay up on the chops. And that way, and, and yeah, you're going to find some cool stuff, but don't use your chops to find it. Use your brain to find that. Yeah. Yeah. Practice and and try not to limit because that's what you're talking about right there. Joe is, actually the damn struggle <laughs> it is yeah. like, and, and you, 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 you hear all this uh, big massive ideas you know what i mean and um yeah they get they get whittled down just like writing lyrics to a song uh you know oh shit i just wrote an entire chapter and uh now i've got to try to whittle this down into a three-minute <laughs> song yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so um, there's always those challenges but i think I think as long as you stick to your guns and just stick to what you're trying to do, you still get closer and closer to that goal of actually achieving what the epicness that you hear in your head. And, and yeah. translate it into I think the if instruments. You should, at the end of it, you should still feel like your original idea is somewhat within that, whether it, uh, expanded or sidestepped your idea there's still got to be somewhat of the original idea in there and then that's literally what tells us we we made it we we even if it is a full chapter of crazy storytelling that we got to whittle into three minutes um as long as you your original idea is still in that final product i think you successfully did it with that little piece of art you know yeah exactly mm-hmm. and you get a chance to sort of get take all the best stuff from it you know mm-hmm. you definitely want to strip it to the bloody bone and get the very best stuff and trim the fat basically you know? yep and then you've got you know a badass fucking punk song hell yeah dude <laughs> Three minutes is actually the the time if you want to stay in the algorithm. You got to stay at that three minute mark, dude, because that's what yeah. gets those multiple plays on all the the streaming sites. Yeah, how do you expand on riffs though if you're just in three minutes? Like I know exactly. I was like, there's like a regular riff, and I'll be like, oh, we could play it like this, or we could play it like this, or we could take like a piece of it and then loop that, and then that'll be a new riff. We could play it half speed, we could play it double speed. There's like so many ways you could like change one riff to make like a shitload of riffs that it's always like five six minutes. <laughs> well, just to bake, take it back to how we currently live, dude. Everybody's. Uh... ADHD, <laughs> you know, everybody's got a constant. What is it? Have uh, new, new stimulation, new stimulation, new stimulation. So th- after three minutes, I need to have something different. What is it? Yeah, TikTok's got our attention span down to like eleven seconds now, or yeah, thirty seconds. Yeah. I read that. I read that. Yep. Yeah. Agoraphobic like, nosebleed was way ahead of their time, then, dude. They're, so they're part of the yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, nah. you know the the funny thing is like. Uh, we have uh, songs that are three minutes, three three minutes, thirty seconds, you know, and 
uh, back in the like MTV or Headbangers Ball days, really kind of in order for your video to for them to consider it, it needed to be within that three minute and thirty second window, and that was kind of how it was told to us, anyways. But uh, the last song we put out, Sex Lies DNA, is actually over six minutes. Yeah, but when you're listening to it, it doesn't feel like it's over six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and that was not even intentional. Um, so, who knows, man? It's like we've seen it happen in rock and roll and metal over the years, where the song just needs what the song needs, and it might mean that it's a twelve-minute song, or it might mean that it's a two and two and minute, two and a half-minute song, even. Yeah, or yeah. even a third, a one-minute song, or a thirty-second song, you know. So it's really just when it comes to time and BPM and all of this other shit, you really just need to follow your gut, follow your balls, follow your heart. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Figure it out. Just, I think just, it's, kind yeah. of, it's reverted back a little bit. I think you know people are willing now. I mean, without the MTV and the radio you know, like cutoffs and the radio edits and stuff like that. I think people, if they like a song, you know, if it's 12, like you said, 12 minutes long, like it, you'll listen to it. Like it's not, you kind of like some, there's some songs you listen to nowadays and you're like, it's a song, old, old song that you like. That's like maybe three minutes. And you're like, fuck, I want this to last longer, dude. This, you know, like you kind of feel mm-hmm. like you got fed, like you're starving and you got like a little bite and you're like, ah, dude, I'm still like hungry for more. Now I could yeah. eat a whole plate. Exactly. A garbage plate from Rochester. I don't know. Uh, they get you they need to play the song twice now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, no, yeah, you go back and listen to it again or something. Which I've been doing. I'll, I'll kind of crack out on songs. Yeah. Like if I too. really, really like a song, like I'll kind of just play it all day sometimes yeah. until I'm it's like a, tired of a, it. To my detriment, though, I do the same thing. We're all like ruin a song because I'll, yeah. I'll be like all about a song and then like I'm like, Fuck, I've listened to it so many times. Like, I don't need to hear this for like two years now. And then when you hear it again in two years, you're like, oh my God, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Like, you're like, oh shit, I love <laughs> yeah. this song. It's like, listen, and I then you know, like, all of it. Yeah, I went back to an old, old Slayer. I went back to Divine Intervention, Seasons of the Best the other day. And I was like, fuck, I haven't heard this in five years. And this is like my childhood. This is nostalgia. This is like everything. I mean, I was getting the feelings I felt like when I originally heard it. And I'm just going like, this is fucking sick, and Slayer's kind of like, you know, obviously they're an old band, and we've everyone's Slayered out and stuff, but like listening to it again and just throwing it on again, just like sitting back and listening to a Slayer album, just like this is fucking where it all came from for me. This is, you know, it really hits sometimes where I'm just like, this is amazing. I love this album, you know. Oh yeah, and uh, and songs like that, man. You might get tired of it again and take another 10 year break off of it. But when you come back to it, it's going to yep. come back with a vengeance, vengeance like you've never felt in your life. You're going to oh. cry, dude. You're yeah. going to oh. oh, yeah. It's happened. I have this yeah. uh, theory or philosophy about music and all that shit. I've mentioned it on the show many times. All the hosts on the show retell things over and over again. If you're the first time listening to this, this is the first time you're going to hear it. But I believe that there's a connection that we make with certain albums or bands or whatever that, that are so powerful that we 
can't get enough of it until we kind of have to put it away for a while. So you put it back up on the shelf. You literally plug it back into the USB and, and recharge that shit while you're away from it to where when you come back, it's going to have just as much energy and and aggressiveness and all this this what you're looking for in that album it's right there you just got to have a a distance you know distance makes the heart grow fonder type deal we mm-hmm. really fall in love with yep. these things and then but we we take so much of them on that we have to you know take our time away from them in order to really rekindle the the connection because we drain the battery or yeah you like jam something else and then you come back to it and you could appreciate it more after you've jammed whatever right. else for a while also, so, yeah. it's a it's a time capsule you get to go back to that time that you were obsessed with it you get mm-hmm. you think about like the the age in which you got like i played it 300 times and it kind of brings you back to a time in uh in history of your life you're like yeah oh, i remember i was driving this car and I was doing this thing. I had this job. I had this girlfriend. I was yeah, like, life was at this point. What was going on? You know, it's like so. That's actually why I like putting things on the back burner and then um, coming back to it and it just rehashes like you know life that you haven't thought about in a long time. You Do know? you guys have so, certain places that you drive that will just make you immediately think about one yeah, album? Yeah. yeah, there's certain certain times that albums have hit for me where I'm like, or a song or something has hit like. And it just like hit me like aggressively, and I and remember just just driving. Like, hey, there's been times like with um with with Opeth or Cynic or something where it's like you know I'm just listening on my own, and everyone's forced to listen to my, listen to my music, and I'm just <laughs> like, and it's like a grassy feel, like a a you know like a the amber waves of green in the middle of America, <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there just going like and just looking at all of it, and it just like the the lyrics are matching up with what I'm seeing or something or. And I'm just, it just like will hit me, and I'm just like, fuck, like this is so sick. And to me, it's just a quick little moment, but then I'll, you know, 15 years later be like, oh, that was sick that time. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't remember most moments in music. Music is so, I mean, we obviously we're doing this over music, but it's like so, yeah. like, uh, powerful. It's so, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's, can be replaced for medication in a lot of cases with mm-hmm. with people that are going through depression and so it's it's mm-hmm. brought me out of like deep depression where i've listened heard one song and i'm having a terrible week and all of a sudden i'm back to normal and i'm like oh fuck i'll just come out of it through a it's, song it's like any of you guys ever try binaural beats no I've heard but i've that. heard of it yeah yeah dude it's such a fascinating concept for me i've always been into like you know sound influencing state Mm-hmm. so that's just like super cool yeah i've heard about like it's, like a, it's like a sound therapy kind of thing right So like i guess they like the way i was maybe explained to it was uh like you have one frequency in the ear and then a di- slightly different frequency in the other and it creates a wave and your brain also creates your brain waves. Explodes. <laughs> so <laughs> your your brain also creates <laughs> waves at a certain frequency and you can actually sync up the waves to your brain waves and then you, when you alter it it changes your brain waves as well mm, and so it could like actually like affect your state like your mood like there's a 
I don't know. Uh, I never tried it. So well, Ken, 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 there's Ken, like Ken, one to like, make you like sleepy. There's one to give you energy. There's one to like I control I think you, you induce, oh, like there's fear. one that makes you want to stop at Amazon for some <laughs> reason. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Kenji's like, oh, I've been doing that for a while, dude. I just put a capo on my left ear, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That's why I close my arguments. Mute. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! <laughs> it's like, it, it brings down the frequency on the left side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes it down a level. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I mean, I think with all of us in our history of being humans, like there's been times where we've been having hard times, and you hear a song, and all of a sudden you're like, Ugh. "Well, I'm uh, what I was like, what I was alluding to was like music being imprinted in like a specific memory of driving up a certain road to where the next time you drive that road no matter what you're thinking about somehow that song pops in your head again you know yeah yeah. and that definitely does happen to me and definitely happened to me too there's there's a few different places where Mm -hmm. i drive and no matter what i'm thinking about i'll eventually think about a song or an album that i was listening to at a specific time and 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 it wouldn't even be like a new album but it would just be like something happened in my brain chemistry at a certain moment to where this song was imprinted with driving down this road i don't know what it what caused it or whatever you know it's like i've listened to the song many times i've driven down this road many times but there was that one time that i listened to this song on this road and forever i will think about it together now I don't know. It's, it, that's interesting because i guess my driving experience with music was never to a specific road it was just the act of driving and kind of listening to it mm-hmm. and uh one of the uh albums that will always come to mind is one of my favorites definitely in my top 10 metal albums of all time and that's sanctuary refuge denied mm-hmm. that is just a massive metal, more of a thrash metal, classic heavy metal like masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And, uh, does that bring yeah. you back to? Does it bring you back to when you first heard it though? Like when you listen to it, does it bring you back any nostalgia? I would say it wouldn't necessarily bring me back to nostalgia. Uh, of course, you know, like we said, you know, you have an album that you love very much. Uh, you may take many year hiatus from it because you're just listening to other shit, or mm-hmm. you're doing yeah. shit, or you're playing shit. Um, but then you, when you revisit it, it's like, like hypnosis almost. You're just like, Oh wow, this is way better than I even remembered it. And this, right. that was one of those records. And, and now, you know, I think I listened to that a little bit about a week ago. Um, and it was just like, there's certain albums and it probably does have to do with it being in a certain time in our lives. Mm-hmm. when we discovered it right but you know as the years go by as 30 years go by you know what i mean like you revisit that album and you're just like man this is just getting better every time dude yeah, yeah. those are the real you know that's a good ones. fucking album totally dude because i have so many ones uh, so many albums that i remember them being way more of an impact on me at the time than I I see them as now, you know. Or you go revisit an album and it like it ruins it seeing yeah, it again. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back to that like one movies. restaurant, 
yeah, and yeah. ordering the same meal and then the meal fucking wasn't anywhere near what it was the that one yeah you remember <laughs> way sicker yeah, yeah totally dude and and so those yeah, time will tell the timelessness yes. of them or, or yeah. some of them are just like i don't even know why the fuck i ever liked that or what about if you guys you guys ever had like a song that you used to know that you haven't played in like 10 years and then you just try all you need is the first note and then you just go through the whole fucking song oh yeah i actually am like that with my lyrics dude if if uh you go all the way back to my high school shit and kind of if i get a little trigger i can spit some lines you like know? the whole song yeah. Yeah. yeah that's how a lot of shit is too I'm, for me i'm like totally not like that actually really i mean i didn't even yeah. write the i didn't really? even write most of the odious yeah. uh cryptic implosion but i can cite there was uh, times during o- but no casey there was times during odious or we'd have decrepit birth practice and then like odious practice after and yeah. we were for fun just for like because we weren't practicing at all and we would just like all of a sudden I'd be playing and i'm like i don't know what's coming next i'm like oh yeah this is coming next Oh, oh yeah, man. this is coming next. Yeah, you get like next. cued as the song yeah. goes by, like every little yeah. riff cues you, you for the next yeah, riff. Yeah. Exactly. If you were to start me in the middle of the, the song, I'd be like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. But I need that cue. <laughs> I had to, to practice like, to the next all part, the time you know what I mean? To to remember it. Yeah, how does the first riff go? And then that's all I need. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. The first oh, three yeah. notes, oh, and yeah. then I'll oh okay, and then you just do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a strange phenomenon, but uh, we all can attest to it, dude. There's been times playing like live where I've done, we've done the song a million times and we're fully practiced. Where I'm like, I'm there's a two riffs ahead that I'm like randomly thinking about, and I'm like, I have no idea what's coming up after this next riff. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what's. I have, no, and then all of a sudden, like I'll play like the riff will come, and I'm like, oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i try to write drums with like cues like i'll do a different fill after i'll do like the same repeat but i'll do like you know a different ending on each repeat you know i'll do a different fill and then yeah. subconsciously that cues the band they don't even realize they're paying attention but they're just like oh yeah i'm about to go into this yeah and then it's like the cues you know what i mean yep definitely if that's, you're playing yeah, four yeah. four like those old school songs like i don't know i teach for like a school of rocks so we play a lot of like old school like i don't know they're lame to play on drums songs and they yeah. just like you know just keep the four four and then you know like where am i at i don't even know mm-hmm. that's gonna be like, fun though just to like cause especially playing such fast music one thing that we lose definitely is like playing the slower tempos and like getting just in the pocket just chilling like not not because it's so much hard like even chris bd posted a video of him just doing like a a clean riff and he's still like but him just having to be like mellow and like uh-huh. listen to the click and stuff all of a sudden you're it like, definitely displays control that's for sure yeah because yeah. when if you're going like the whole time then all of a sudden you're like oh, let's play something and four four, that's like a mellow song. You're like still going fast. You know, you're like, all right, chill the fuck out. There's yeah. let's space breathe a little bit, and that, that was kind of something I like about Narcotic Wasteland. Actually, is we have some slower epics. You know, we have a mm-hmm. few slower that you just get to like, just like yeah. Hulk smash. You know, <laughs> just like <laughs> just like epic. smash those beats. You know, and then then I go back to the blast, and then it seems faster than it actually you know would mm-hmm. feel if i was mm-hmm. just blasting the whole set there's like a little contrast the there yeah 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 i definitely like contrast um you know i uh mm-hmm. 
I love playing fast. It's it's brutal. It makes me want to punch people in the face. I totally get it. And it's it's a fun thing to do, but not for every song, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to get a little bit more melancholic, even maybe elements of doom in there, you know, slower, crunchy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about, I don't know, just kind of expressing what you want to talk about in the song. You know? Right. Not just that, but having different musical directions and not just being uh, completely just you know that like that computer spitting out paper like just all the time and i love that shit don't get me wrong we definitely got some songs like that but you know it's not um it's it's more than that it's you know trying to create something that you know people can relate to and right and 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 giving them a, a huge scope of things maybe they like this song maybe they don't like this song Maybe they like all of it. Maybe they hate all of it. But it, having some options in there, you know, as a player as well, you don't, you know, just pinhole yourself into this, you know, BPM insanity all the time. Mm. No, I uh, agree with that. With, it kind of takes away. I, I like to play, I, you know, I like to play from the gut. I like to play from the heart. I like yeah. to have some chops too. That's nice. You know, I kind of like the best of both worlds in that regard. I Are guess. you guys playing to a click at all? Because you said like you like the, you know, coming from the heart. Are you guys doing click or no? I played a well, track. Joe hates click. He plays Joe to the track. Um, he mostly is probably listening to my recorded rhythm guitars in his ears. Okay. No, it's the album with the okay, eight so count on just, it. Yeah, he just listens to the album. Plays. Yeah. It's got the and, drums on it and everything. Fuck it. And we just that's how I practice it. I just I just play to the album to Joe. Yeah, Yeah, that's how you guys all practice it. Probably like like chilling at home, having a little practice session, like listen to the album, jam to it. So it's like I know that yeah, we don't get to rehearse, so we have to just exactly know it. So we all play into the same tracks. We're good. The audience kind of brings like the the you know like you're sitting there, especially being a headliner, you're sitting there all day trying to get you know getting ready for the the. It's kind of like a little bit of a suspense going on, and like sometimes when you're in the moment and if you're kind of free you could go like okay we got to make sure there's like something that's not working or something like it could get like this kind of hyper energy and you kind of don't pay attention to the speeds or anything but if the drummers just chill if you're just listening to the album kind of like all right just chill to it you know like no don't get excited because I, I get so excited i have no idea what if it's slow or fast i have no idea you know yeah the there's only been a couple them. nights yeah. Where like I didn't have the phone or something like that, or like we had a technical difficulty and we weren't here, and I'm just like, nope, no tracks, and we just smashed it, which was also really fun because then I get to like really listen to these dudes and like feel the song oh, yeah. now, and then like I feel like I'm just like kind of just like, you know, like one inch punching like every hit, like you know, like yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, all the all the tempos go. I try and hold it. <laughs> no, actually, Joe is very consistent. Um, but yeah, you know, in you know, he's listening to the tracks that keeps him tight, and I listen to him mm-hmm. to keep me tight. And it's just mm-hmm. that's the way it is. And um, but all of us, uh, beer, you know, for me, for instance, if I know we have some a stream of shows coming up. Uh, so at least about a month before that, I'm going to be hitting the full set list by myself at least three times a week. Yeah. At yeah. least. And on the weekends, I may even, 
do it up some more and then play guitar after that and have a few drinks and have some fun and just play. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'll do uh, like so, every day for two weeks before we start just so I'm up on my shit too. That way everybody walks in, they're just ready. Yeah. Yeah. How you long know? did you guys get to jam together as a band before you guys went out on this uh, last run? Zero. A day? Uh, Zero. We, we did a day at Joe's house. Oh, I wasn't there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kenji like missed the day. Again, yeah. Though. Kenji just showed up. Done. He Kenji just showed up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Showed up. With the chapstick. They had anyways. It doesn't matter. <laughs> his lips were Not nice yet. and moist from the chapstick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, <laughs> that's always yeah. been my etiquette though that's always been my etiquette like I, even if the band is allowed a week or so in rehearsal which we have had some rehearsal times before we went out a few times you know uh, I know a couple places we can rent that are pretty awesome and you can play all night no big deal so we have done that before but I'm not going to waste I don't care if you're joining my band or I'm joining your band um, I'm not going to waste your time yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna walk in there fucking ready, ready, prepared. Yeah, yeah, because that's what we're here to do. Yeah, we're professional. I try yeah, to be practice, <laughs> at home rehearsals. Well, you, know, you, you were rehearsal. you're jealous of Nile to me, so I'm always like, he's a pro, dude. I watched. I I've told you about it on the last episode, but uh, or, or last time we were on Black Seeds era tour at Great American Music Hall was a turning point in my fucking death metal life. And it was the professional Thanks, aspects of you guys coming and fully giving me a show at 16, you know? I I I was forever changed that night. So that's why I always will look at Dallas as a professional, dude. Well, thank you, man. And, you know, I definitely, uh, I work hard at it. You know, I, like I said, I wouldn't uh, walk into any rehearsal situation half-assed ever because I've always just 100% been about doing this and enjoy it. I enjoy uh, practicing by myself. And, and uh, you know, I think I wouldn't know personally from other bands, but I've seen it in some other guitar players where, you know, definitely they practice on their downtime, but, if you really want to stay up on your stuff, stamina wise, burst that set list, man. That's really what's going to kick your ass. Uh, um, you can sit and practice scales and all that stuff, and that's really good. I don't say that's bad, but standing up with your guitar and yep. playing all the songs in your set list, especially if it's you know we can do we could uh, narcotic could do an hour and thirty minutes if we probably wanted to. You know what I mean? So. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So if you're at least doing an hour of just the set list, which is not, you know, some of those songs actually suck to play if you haven't had a few songs in you yet. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's de this we is definitely music fun. that if you don't use it, you lose it. You can, you could just like oh, straight yeah. up. I just can't blast after I don't do it for two weeks. Yeah, or like yeah. at least you know have to like go on a severe like almost weight training battle to get back up to speed before I meet up with these dudes. That's yeah. very true, dude. That is yeah. not true. Now, now that actually uh, we've gotten to that, uh, Dallas have because there was a you know like a Black Dahlia murder took decrepit out when they were we were we done one small like small little tour, and they were just like they were on their nocturnal big it was already sold out tour. 
and so we didn't know what professionalism was on on the road and stuff was there a band when you were on tour like back in the day that you were like all right we have to strengthen our game get yeah. everything more lot because i remember black dolly was like they, they were super cool to us and, and it was like 2006 or five or something like that and they were just like all right um they would help us they'd be like all right just don't ever do this don't ever do that just like mm -hmm. make sure this is clean and blah blah but like i remember we were like kind of in the just trial by fire just like thrown into you know thousand people a night shows and we were just like uh we were like terrified but acted try to act cool about it but um what was the, the the tour or something that you've done that were like a band or that showed you like all right this is what you have to do to be a professional band uh well uh one of the early more uh we, we got pretty lucky to you know in nile we got pretty lucky to open for morbid angel during the formulas era nice oh shit damn and that was uh I hadn't recorded with the band yet, but we were supporting Necron Cobb. And uh, mm -hmm. we got on with them thanks to uh, Mr. John McEntee of Incantation, because we had done a tour with him previously. And uh, that tour actually with Morbid Angel Incantation was on. And Vader had to unfortunately drop off of that tour. And we got the call and we mm -hmm. did it. And then we ended up getting the tour with them again and stuff. And, a uh, very good friend of mine uh, named, uh, well, Nick, a.k.a. Punchy Gonzalez, uh, was their tour manager. And mm -hmm. those guys definitely had a lot of insight on, you know, the ins and outs of touring, just, you know, trailer packing and being proficient and all that stuff. So that was uh, a pretty good item because those guys were pretty high profile and goddamn pro as shit. They just... Mm -hmm. You know, they came in, did sound check, and left. And they came in and destroyed everybody and left. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a oiled machine. And that was the first chance for all of us to really get that oiled machine feel. Yeah, yeah. But you brought up like Dahlia Murder. Um, the first time I heard of those guys, they were on tour with us. It was Black Dahlia Murder, Behemoth, us, and King Diamond. Oh, I saw that tour, and that's one of the last uh, shows I, at the time. I missed that fucking show, dude. Yeah, yeah. I in missed San Francisco. it. I didn't get a ticket. I bitched okay. out. Okay. Didn't have enough money. That was a great tour. So that was in probably 2005. Mm -hmm. And uh, fast forward to like 2012, I think it was. We're opening for Black Dahlia Murder. Mm -hmm. So. I couldn't tell you how fucking proud I was to see those dudes like do that. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, man. And yeah. they were always kind of super cool. And, you know, um, I got to talk to Brian a little bit on that tour. That was really cool. And uh, yeah, that was a great tour. So speaking of the professionalism that you're, you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, those guys just kind of got it right out of yeah. the gate. Yeah, they were like the perfect yeah. balance. Very impressive. Very impressive and brothership. Like, like they were like the well, Trevor, very real dude. Like, mm -hmm. specifically, like that that dude was the same no matter who he was talking to, you know. And then to be a pro on top of that, it's just a win win situation, you know. 
yeah. that's why they had, you know, done this for 20 years. <laughs> even the Morbid Angel connection, the Morbid Angel connection with what Dallas' story was. I mean, I don't know. I know Eric Rutan probably wasn't in the in the band at the time, but he I actually was. Them, he was touring oh, he was. with them at the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Hey Eternal was Hey Eternal. It was Hey Eternal, decrepit uh, Black Dahlia. So like, seeing like like uh fucking Eric's yeah. fucking response <laughs> to things and stuff. I know he was like, "This is fucking legit shit. You guys gotta fucking make every show. You got you know like there's you can't fuck around. This is like you and he, he that's the whole story I've told yeah. a million times on here with the. He had like 104 temperature, and he was like, I had to, like, basically, I had to go up there and tell him what well, he was sweating his ass off with like rags all over him. And like, I'm like, you're up, dude. <laughs> you have to go, go on. He just took all the fucking sweaty shit off and went on there and did a normal show. And, and you know, with the, when he turned his back to the amps or to the crowd, he was like pain faced, like dying. But like, he's like, you can't miss these shows, dude. You cannot. This, this is like the time you have to. These guys have got it together. All these shows are sold out. You cannot fucking fuck around. And I was like Eric Rutan telling me that. I was like, all right, well, these the new kids in the block have Rutan's attention, and I am now listening. You know what I mean? Like it was it was crazy. Yeah, the show must go on, man. Um, uh, I've been sick on the road before a couple of times and had to had fevers and God knows what. Probably had the damn COVID. 16 you know what i mean <laughs> but like it, it was it was rough and you have to get out there and get through it luckily a good healer in those moments is that adrenaline like yeah it'll get you through right and, and a lot of times and you just got to pace yourself and just it, sweating getting up there and sweating that shit out but there's Go. no guarantees once the show's over. Once the show's over, you might fall right back into the worse shit than you did. But that's what it is. It's you gotta go to sleep and it. just repeat. Yeah. But it's that 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 going on that's the drug that we all are chasing, really, when if you're gonna be a live performer, which I haven't done it in a while, and I actually do itch for it. Um, it is a drug, dude. It's a and and that's what's going to get you through those harder times because you you at the core of yourself know that that's better than being sick. <laughs> You're literally like, fuck being sick, dude. I'd rather do this. Fuck your whatever is inside my billions of microbes in my body right now. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Live, or, live or die. I'm Liberty. still gonna do this shit. Yeah, yeah. No retirement plan for fucking death metal. Just keep it going. You know, I mean, uh, for me, I mean, I remember like the excitement of knowing that I was gonna play with all these cool bands or whatever, and um, I was like so excited. And I would get there, and for the first, like, if it was a big tour or something, I'd, for the first two weeks, I'd be just like, like, kind of like this freak out. Just get it done. Yeah, I, can't yeah, for, yeah. I can't wait for it to be over. Like, I just want, you know, I'm like, and then after I get in that sweet spot, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to have the most fun with this that I've ever had in my life. But in the mm -hmm. beginning and the hype up to it, for whatever reason, my like weird social anxiety just like makes it a way bigger deal than it is. And then I, I like get in my head and like I'm, I'm the suspense getting up to the stage and all the things like just drive me insane. And you're and then, uprooted from your like normal 
you know, routine, you know, you're yeah. at home working all the time and all of a sudden, boom, I'm on the road with a bunch of dudes that are farting and burping <laughs> no. and, and not showering. Let them feed out. You know, I stuck in a fucking little bubble with these guys, you know, uh, home <laughs> and, sweet home. <laughs> and, and I call you, it the void of entropy because just everything gets lost in there in the van. Actually, oh yeah, the most random shit gets lost. It's like, very, dude, how do I lose everything? It's strange <laughs> how comforting that van becomes. Actually, like yeah, I, back to it. Yeah, yeah. I I uh. During an, the bloodletting tour, I flew back home, missed a show. I'd, I went, I was in my uncle's wedding, and dude, getting back in the van after all that, like coming back and getting, first of all, being at home was like, I, I shouldn't be here right now. That's what I was feeling the whole time. Like, I'm turning yeah. on the Lindemar Boulevard in my fucking hometown right now when I'm in tour mode. It's weird, you know? Yeah, it's weird. And then, yeah. and then. And then getting back into the van and smelling the farts, I was just like, this is where I should be, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is my pheromones. No, really. I, 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 I had this like, like <laughs> weight off my shoulders feeling when I was back in the van with you guys. It was so strange, dude. And I was I mean, actually jealous that I missed one show, but you guys, you guys held it down and still played instrumental, right? No, I mean dancing. Dan did get on the mic. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. That was and there's also like, you know, a bro ship that happens when you go and yeah. play every right. night with yeah. some homies. Like you end up really close to these people and then you don't get to see them for like a year. Or yeah. like, you know, six months. I haven't even seen you. How are you? You know, you get super yeah. stoked to see everyone, you know. No, I'm very lucky that these guys are, were my best friends at the time. They're still my best friends now. And that was one of those times that upped my brothership with these guys right here. And that's why I'm doing a show with them today. <laughs> like, How exciting is just like leaving for tour, though? Like when you're like all packed up and you're leaving for tour. You're like, uh, it's exciting once I'm fully packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's done. And the, everything's the door, stressful door up until closes. that day. Door closes and you guys like start driving together. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like all right, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Here, onward. Let's do this. You know, that's a relief. Uh, yeah. Once I'm in the van and it's like, we're, we're going and it's like, I don't, I'm already packed. Like everything's ready. All I got to do is start the tour. Yeah. You know, then I'm like stoked. Yeah. Just tap your wallet, tap your cell phone, be like, all right, I, I, I guess I'm good. Let's go. Fuck There's always so about. much going on at home. And I like, I got to like, make sure everything's gonna be cool when i get back like i just got done moving like this is a new spot like oh shit oh damn nice new, completely so, new spot so um, joseph howard's tour list let's hear that real quick what's at the very top of the list obviously weed and how much do you bring uh i don't bring any i end up flying yeah. in but it finds me there you go it finds me everywhere i go Hell yeah. Uh and then uh you know Brady always yeah, cr crossing the crossing the border was a little we had to like <laughs> to get rid of Make everything. sure everything's gone. Yeah, yeah, Stop yeah. at a gas station. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Stop at a gas station, get rid of the pipes. Like yeah. I'll uh I'll leave my pipe like somewhere like in a bush or something before we yeah. or I'll give it to somebody if I'm at a show and we're smoking with somebody, I'll be like, yo, uh here's the rest of my weed and here's 
How Here's funny is those, those right before the, the Canada things and you have to just try to like sm- like power smoke everything? <laughs> yeah, you power smoke it and then you give the rest away so you don't have anything just to cross the border and then you get yeah. weeded immediately after you cross the border. And like, I don't know, like people know I smoke. So like when they come, they're like, hey, bro, like I, let's go fire, fire it up. And then. Yeah. You know, like it just finds me like after a while. Like I don't really worry about weed. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually that. lose weed. Like this jar <laughs> is like all right. The censored part of the video. All this weed, like I lost it. I was it was just like in some stuff. I was about to go. I was like I actually bought weed for the first time in a long time. And then like I was going through my stuff as I was unpacking and I was like, Oh, what's this? And it was this, and it was like I got all this weed. I was like, oh, shoot. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. after the fact. So it literally found you without even another human and just came into your life, dude. Yeah, like little stashes, little stashes everywhere. You fired I forget time, about or? just because, like, you know, like I just do like an ounce. So that way it saves money over time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Denver, you buy by the ounce. I buy by the ounce, too. Yeah, when I was yeah. Home, there was Twice. Really cheaper. And okay. then, like, I don't have to go all the time. I hate dispensaries. Yeah. You Those know, um, the people it's all about homies. Suck. You know, I was starting it, or I was smoking when it was illegal still here. Yeah. And, like, yeah. had the homies then. People were always hitting me up. Like, hey, could I get some of your stuff? I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to deal, you know? <laughs> not trying to be everybody's dealer what were you trying to say casey Uh, hello can you hear me check the other howard yes (laughs) hello howard yes uh yeah i know for sure man i was just gonna say like in japan no weed you know oh yeah not yeah i i mean i didn't even try but it was like I knew it was like not cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no uh, firearms, no drugs, nothing in Japan. Yeah. No. None of that. Yeah. No, plenty of fucking. Yeah. No alcohol. worries there. If they yeah. don't find it. Yeah. Don't find no, me. Don't find like, me. It didn't matter. Just only girls' panties and vending machines. That's that's the only thing that's legal wear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I Never yeah, been, so I gotta try to go. You gotta, you gotta find the vending machine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for the vending machine. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> I'm just saying I've never been Casey, were you even drink- overseas at all. Um, what were, you, were you guys drinking cocktails or beers or what, what was going on out there? Yeah, like- I mean, all kinds of stuff to have all the cocktails and, like, highballs and, like, the, the drinks with soju and, like, drinks with sake and all sake, that. Sake, kind of I was just going to ask. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, sake is cool you know like like all that but i, I kind of like the drinks with sake more there's like a sparkling sake they have out there oh really yeah cool. it's only five percent and it's like it's pretty sweet but it's like a really good flavor it's like a sparkling sake that, that's pretty awesome yeah um, I, 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 I just drink a shy a beer a lager a yeah yeah totally uh, oh that's a uh, japanese here. beer what like support yeah, they said a shot of beer. I was like, you took a shot of beer. Sapporo, Kirin, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Sapporo, Asahi, Kirin are the, the basic three. Yeah. And Sapporo that's their reserve. Was like, light, Bud Light for Japan, right? It's Sapporo. Yeah, totally. 
That's like they're it's available everywhere. Kind Japanese of like, are yeah. in whiskey too. I think there's yeah, yeah, I love Japanese. Japanese. I just don't really remember so long, was like, yeah, yeah. A long time ago, a friend like was like, "I'm obsessed with Japanese whiskey," and I was like, "All right, let me try it." And I was like, and it was it was cheap as fuck at the liquor store, and I was like, "All right, I'm a little worried." and i tried it i was like this is better than like american whiskey it's, it's, were you just it's... drinking it on the ice or whatever i was just taking shots or taking it. shots of it yeah and i was like this is way easier to drink than normal yeah there's a whole urban. school behind it because japanese whiskey is inspired by scotch and you know when the founders went to scotland he actually married the scottish girl and brought the whole family back and to hokkaido which is the northern part of japan serves the same type of climate so they use the same type of barrel, which is less peated, and that's why it's very similar to high-end scotch. The scotch oh. is usually smoky. I don't remember being very smoky it's, tasting. Yeah, so it's less peated due to the temperature and the high elevation. It's because of high elevation, the boiling point, okay. point is different. That's why it's it's there's a slight difference in that where they kind of perfected that. Where you know Japan has the obsession over over dry things. You know, Asahi, Sapporo, uh, Kirin, they are known for their dryness. They, re- they refer to it as dry beer, where it's like dries your mouth almost and just very smooth aftertaste. And that's kind yeah. of the same thing with whiskey too. It's just very just very smooth it it doesn't really leave an aftertaste you know there is some yeah. that does that too but you know if you get the usual yamazaki the santori stuff yeah it's gonna be very very smooth that's a, yeah I mean, that's an underrated country for alcohol i'm saying uh, well i mean japanese whiskey people who know about it they know about it because it's been winning all these awards so yeah it's yeah. been in a sense like 2012 it's been kind of coming now and then yeah and I'm, I'm a bartender so that's why i know all this stuff and i have to like and okay, okay. i don't go around educating people about that but yeah definitely like yamazaki if you get to the high end it's very comparable to like blue label and stuff like that. Oh, okay yeah. so, so blue label though is a, is a scotch though right so it's a little yeah smoky, so it's, right? it's you know it's, what i'm saying is you know it's like a 200 dollars bottle which you can get for yamazaki for like 75 bucks so you can okay, okay. pretty much get something very similar in quality for a much cheaper price okay mm. So, so it's like the cars. You guys are just ruining us with well, the, like, the yeah. cars and the alcohol. <laughs> so many better things. Like Japanese yeah. Jackson guitars and stuff. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. There's so many, like Yamaha drums. Like There's so many like versions of uh, like, like like music equipment that's Japanese made from yeah. the 80s into the 90s and stuff. Like all the eras that are like as high of quality as American made ones for like a quarter of the price. Like, mm-hmm. or, or yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, I love uh, these. We invented the VCR. They made it better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, the Japanese were kind of known for like taking other people's stuff and just kind of expanding on it. We they don't really innovate. Is what I realized. You know, it just comes. Yeah, they take other people's stuff and just make it a little bit, you know, like their way. I don't know if it's necessarily better, but you know, like the toilet, right? It's like, hmm, I don't like wiping my ass. Let's see what we can do about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that's very innovative. I do. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, innovation yeah. is the wrong word because do it too. Like, of course, China made stuff and all that, but like, I feel like Japanese made stuff is like still like really crazy quality, like comparable, superior quality in a lot of times. Yeah, a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Exactly, and I'm I'm talking about vintage guitars too. Like both yeah. the uh, the Japanese guitars made in the '80s are still Japanese. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all that stuff, and or like a Nagoya, Japan uh, made uh, BC Rich. Oh yeah, back in the day. with the yeah. Kaler oh, tremolo yeah. and all that. Yeah, man, that was some real quality shit, actually. Yeah. Um, 
So. Why don't more guitar companies? Uh, is that, that? I mean, fuck. There should be a Japanese model because the American model is always known as like the one you're gonna pay five thousand for. So there should oh, be. Jackson like, actually has a Japanese line now, because okay. of because of the legacy of the Japanese Jacksons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, they were really good quality, just yeah, like the uh, just like the Mex Mexican Strats. Yeah, like, definitely. There was some offshore. There are offshore companies that make good stuff. It's not yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the worst gu guitars I've ever had was made in the USA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I hate yeah. to say that, but <laughs> I well, think it had issues. Doesn't, make, doesn't mean that it's going to be the best. I mean, there's been guitars that, you know, like, not to... There's, like, uh, guitar players like... Uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Rage Against the Machine has, like, a $300 guitar. <laughs> he, like, he's only used the $300 guitar his whole life because he liked it, and that was it. You know, it's not like... He didn't need to get, like... I mean, obviously, it's not like a... A gnarly shredder guy that I was trying to point out, but yeah. but still, like he's a three hundred dollar guitar. He didn't spend five thousand; he spent three hundred bucks. And then, and there's been so many of those stories of like people going to pawn shops and buying these cheap guitars or whatever, and they they find it and they're like, "Oh, this is the guitar. This is it for my." That's funny that's you say life. that. I bought this one in a pawn shop. <laughs> oh, really? oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, is it um one thing with Jackson and with all Flying V guitars? What I want again, but I know that. Um, Gibson sues the fuck out of people for it. Is that it's the old Kerry King hockey puck reverse neck or reverse headstock? Uh, uh -huh. They sued the fuck out of ESP for that, and then those are like twenty thousand dollars a piece now if you want one. But like, Damn. there's there's certain like uh, foreign companies that'll do it, like Rand Guitars and and these companies. But like, they've been sued out of existence American guitars for having the reverse headstock uh, flying V. It's like mm. uh, it's like this big thing where like Jacks or uh, Gibson's like, no, dude, we got the patent, dude. Fuck you guys, we're done. You can't do. It. And I, uh, the guitar player for Limp Biscuit, he wanted one, and so he got a left-handed guitar neck w and put it on a right-handed guitar body, and then just so Jackson's like upside down <laughs> on there. And I was like, fuck, dude, I want that guitar, dude. That's like, <laughs> that's like, I don't know, something about like when I was a kid watching Kerry King play with that reverse headstock. And headbanging, I was like something about it pointing this way. Yeah, and being, I was like upward, like it's like feng shui, it just works. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's a, the the right order of directions. I have no idea. But uh, most guitar companies won't do it, and it's a trip to me. I think it's Gibson's fault. Well, no, uh, well, uh, Gibson actually had issues with Dean guitars because yeah, of the, that too. Uh, the V thing. Um, Gibson also had an issue with Ibanez because they were making what they call lawsuit Les Pauls, and they yeah. also made uh, lawsuit Vs and they made lawsuit Explorers, mm -hmm. and uh, they they go really high on the collector's market. They're really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they like uh, they 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 got fucked with from Gibson, and then Dean got fucked with from Gibson too, and then Gibson opened that can of worms up again but actually i read a thing the other day that kind of indicates d guitars <laughs> has actually got some other stuff going on yeah 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 I've been did you see that, that? what well, was in guitar yeah. world wasn't it yeah yeah i've been i mean but there's just lawsuits with gibson and dean's actually kind of going under right Aren't yeah uh there? something about armadillo enterprises and a bunch of other shit man like i was like damn uh i hope all that stuff all the allegations and all that bullshit's not true you know what I mean? But I did read the full article just because I was like, what? Because they yeah. seem to what be doing it? so well as a company. Um, 
the company that um, basically is responsible for, you know, Dean Guitars, Luna Guitars, and D-Drum. Right, they're going through some serious stuff right now. I think uh, I think the interview was in Guitar World. Damn. What is it like? Uh, patent lawsuits? Like uh, no, some stuff internally, actually. Oh, um, okay. Pretty interesting read. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, check it out. I was like, wow, that's that's nuts, and and sad, sad for the for the name because uh, they were yeah. they make good they make good stuff. I I kind of switched over to Jackson a few years ago, but um, you know they they make great shit. They they still make great shit. Hopefully. I remember seeing you on Dean's website. Weren't you like were you endorsed by them or yeah? I think I'm um. Uh, we were endorsed by them, and, and Carl actually is still endorsed by them for sure. Oh. Um, because he's got a signature model. They made me a couple of killer customs. Uh, I had I owned a bunch of the Dean guitars, they're great, they were really good. Uh, but I just uh started getting into Jackson because of a, a friend of mine, and yeah. he had a couple around, and you know, I wasn't tuning the same, or you know, it was kind of a different animal, and, yeah. And I just love the neck profiles. Uh, and actually, I've owned some more expensive Jacksons than the, uh, the JS models that I play, and I didn't like them as much. So I got rid of them. And uh, so it's like, I don't know. For me, I don't really need, like, uh, kind of like that guy you were talking about earlier. I don't really need, like, super expensive guitar. Yeah. Um, they just need my ingredients, which is my pickups and a good fret dressing. And then just just play the shit out of it. What's a fret dressing? Oh, uh, basically, when you get a when you get a setup, like they make sure that they're level. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they they level them and make sure you have no buzzes, you know, or anything like that. And then basically, they go back through and crown them with this uh, tool to kind of reshape the, the fret. Yeah. So you don't make want it like round again or what? Because yeah, like right? it makes it a little more round again. Exactly. Yeah, cool. yeah. I don't. I don't mind a little bit of a flat spot. You're gonna have one anyway. If you gotta have to do a heavy leveling, but actually these these JS models they don't need very much leveling. Mm -hmm. They'll have like maybe a couple of high spots from the factory. And I had much other issues with uh, some of my more expensive Jacksons that I had. Like yeah, it's, I was, it's, it's I was having you... some neck and some quality issues, but this thing, these bolt-ons were like way easier to fix. Yeah, <laughs> when you get in when you get into like music instruments and stuff, like you kind of look at the price and be like, oh, it's better. Like your brain kind of like does this like like dialing of like looking at prices, like, oh, that thing's only eight hundred dollars, it's probably not that good. The three thousand dollar one's gotta be way better. Like your brain like Will immediately be like, and there's like, oh, the only difference is like the pickup and the neck wood or something. It's like the only difference, and 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 you're kind of like, well, it's better because the and that's actually how they can get people like bought, like paying so much money for instruments, just going like, oh, we're gonna put two thousand dollars on this one because Avenged Sevenfold plays it and it's better. That's all you need to know. It's better, and you're like, um, and I, I played like a member of. Like when I, I worked at Guitar Center for a year, and I, I played a, a Telecaster that was three hundred dollars, and I was like, "This is the easiest playing guitar I've ever played in my life. This is like the sickest guitar I've ever played." It's a Telecaster, so obviously it's not going to have the output. But I was like, 
the neck it was smooth as a fucking is uh, there was fifty thousand guitars we or fifty thousand dollar guitars we had in our platinum room that i'd play and i'd be like this thing sucks i hate this thing this is like the worst guitar i've ever played and like i'd play the the 200 guitar and be like this is i need one of these and want to hot rod it and make it work somehow but uh yeah it's like the price in uh musical instruments really kind of like skews you on what's good or what's bad you know yeah you know and when it comes to wanting to maybe spend a little bit more guitar but not spend like two and three grand but still get something that's maybe better than your lowest tier uh there's a couple of uh you know if you wanted to there's a few like charmel models out there for instance, oh yeah that are that's on the used market even you can get a, a awesome like model four or model six or something like that for less than what they're charging that guitar is going to be way fucking better than and this Charvel is like eight hundred dollars, nine hundred bucks. It's like one of the best guitars I've ever owned. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can't fuck with Charvel, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Definitely. I have a Star Body that I actually was touring with and recorded with with Narcotic uh, early on, like twenty seventeen on up. Oh, so I started sure. getting into the Jacksons, which they're pretty similar, anyways. Obviously, they're you know owned by Fender now, but like. Yeah, the Sharvy the Sharvy models are they're always really good quality. It doesn't matter if you spend three hundred bucks or three thousand bucks on a Charvel, it's gonna be great. <laughs> you know, there's like one thing that I could tell too that you do like a a thing on your Jackson, right? Every time the the delete Dallas. Oh yeah, yeah, I do that modification. Yeah, Dallas is the special modification to all these cars over the strap, huh? Oh, not strap. Now this is the uh, the volume. Uh, I put the volume knob here and get rid of the tone knob. So I have a tone knob delete, but I moved this back here because when I'm picking, that shit's in my way. Mm. And uh, it's it's one of the things that I hate about a lot of what a lot of guitar player guitar manufacturers are doing. And they'll put that thing like right here, like dude, I'm gonna be like constantly banging into that thing and turning myself down. But uh, yeah. let's put it back here. Which is easy to do. It's very easy to do. I actually need to go ahead and put a video. I actually did a video of me doing the modifications. For that, you know, I changed out the pickups. Right. I do the mod, and then uh, the strap button. I just move to right here because mm. they from the factory they put it over here. Uh, it's a V, so it doesn't have a lot of headstock guide. It's actually pretty balanced, but that was just very strange to me. So I just drilled a hole in the neck plate. And and there you go, and then oh. now it's uh, now it's a Dallas Fuller Wave machine. <laughs> it's all you know, frets are really nice. They've been dressed. The thing plays like total butter, man. And uh, I actually just did a full deep clean on these because after the tour they were really disgusting. See how shiny it is now? Yeah. <laughs> it did not look like that on the tour. <laughs> That's rad, bro. I, I enjoy uh, a musician who literally wants to fine tune and, and you guys all do it. You guys all were like, Oh, the, the knob needs to be moved three inches away because of my hand specifically. And then you, you execute and you make that happen and you make this custom thing. I love that the drive to play it the way you want to play it 
makes you guys make these little adjustments that, you know, I'm in automotive. So car manufacturers, they just make one kind of car, you know, but sometimes you want to modify it too. You know, you want to make it your own and, and yeah, I, I, I love that you guys take the, the, uh, initiative and just make it your own. Gilbert's got his home, a whole freaking little, uh, workstation that he works on his guitars. Dude, it's crazy. He's got a toolbox in that fucking place that in that room that I do it from when I'm at his house. And I just love that dude. It's like tinker with your toys, you know, <laughs> make them as best they could be. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it doesn't sense. take much. It actually, it's not that, um, it's not that, uh, bad. You know, once you get into it, the thing yeah. that really freaked me out at first was, um, you know, doing a setup and adjusting the neck and intimating the guitar. I know how to do for a while, but actually, you know, putting the file to the frets that was something I was a little bit afraid of. But, right. You know, I'm definitely I'm pretty happy with what I did with the one guitar, and uh, the uh, other guitar was done by a friend of mine who's been doing it for years. But he kind of taught me some things too. So. Yeah. That's all about acquiring the knowledge, but I've, I've learned a lot from uh, technicians over the years about guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Similar with drums, too. Everybody's set up. There's like a bunch of drummers, and everybody's set up is like unique in some way, for mm-hmm. sure. I know mm-hmm. for like this kid, like every symbol's like because of like a part in a song that has <laughs> basically have that note in the song, and you know you need that note. So I, I'm gonna get a symbol. Do you tune your drums like to notes and stuff? Uh, not necessarily, but yes. Um, it's like a. I never understood. I never understood tuning drums to notes and how it would work in a song. Like it's a, like a, a like a. I think it's like a major, you know, chord. Okay. Okay. You hit them, if you were hit them all at the same time, it's like a chord. I think my usually around like the d like it's usually like their low note they're like chin 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 all the sense jesus you know what i mean yeah and then you know you do that uh i'll just do it real quick you do the little test i'm sure it's gonna be out of tune because i haven't tuned these in a while and i just set them up it's like like oh yeah it's out of tune right there. But yeah, but it's like a chord though. Do you ever take do you ever make riffs or I mean um, not riffs, but drum parts based on riffs in the notes that are hitting every band? every time. Damn. Jesus. I'm always trying to play like the, the guitar riff with my cymbals. Okay. Well, that's just something I've always done. The, the, that's the notes is what I think what he means. Not necessarily accenting notes from the toms. Yeah, yeah, taking the notes into account with with your drums. Like taking the, uh, like if, if it's like um, you heard a certain kind of like, or like a, a and you're like, you can like do it somehow, match it up with the drums. Often, yeah. I try to okay, if yeah. it's there. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And it. oftentimes like, like, uh, on the sex lies and DNA, there's a part where uh, it's actually during Dallas's solo 
where it's yeah. not in the out it's not in the release but you'll see it in my drum playthrough i like to use the floor tom to match there's like the the background like the chin 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 it's super subtle but when it comes in you're just like you're just kind of like it's you can't help but like just bang your head so i try and bring that out and i'm hitting that note with the floor tom like chin 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 you know what i mean like stuff like that uh i'll match bills like dallas be like with him it'll try and like do the same thing all yeah all the time i'm always trying to play like the music with the drums however i can definitely yeah that's That's smart i mean that's that's very cool to like think about because you know we're kind of on string it like no symbol has its own identity too like this is like the low main this is like the higher version of it and then this is like a mid and then you have a high china low china so you're like you know like you could make melodies with that uh you got the mini it's like you could do all you could do the crash the three crash in a china or sorry three crash in a china and then you could do the mini version with the three splash in a china you know what i mean like you could do the same riff the chat wants you to play something dude uh <laughs> Dude, I don't think you can hear it. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be like Hold on, one sec. I, I know how to do the mic settings. So let me get the mic settings. I get rid of this. Okay, uh, you're good now. You get rid of the echo cancellation and the mic. Yeah, background noise. Oh no, there's puff in here. Here, let me move. Here, give me a couple minutes. I'll play something here in a couple minutes. All right, we're All gonna right. follow you. I'm gonna like low key put this pup outside <laughs> so I don't hurt her. Oh, uh, yeah. Junie, pup. Yeah. I don't want to blast her. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah, I just feel so bad. What's pup's name? What's pup's up. name? But yeah, here in a minute. Yeah. What's your dog's name? Yeah. Oh. What's the dog's name? But yeah, I'll definitely try to play like <laughs> stuff <laughs> with the rips. I don't think he's a dog. I think he has a bunch of rabbits. Right, coming back down. <laughs> it's a huge rabbit. The biggest rabbit I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, I'll show you my version of the intro to Sex, Lies, and DNA. All right. Fuck yeah. I don't know exactly. if I'm going to get a good angle, but maybe. Maybe you guys kind of see that. Oh, yeah. Or maybe over here. Is that better? I don't know. Here. Uh, the first one was better, probably. That's fine. Yeah, that's I guess fine. That. That's, fine. that's fine. That's fine. That's good. All right, sorry if I fucked this up. We'll, we'll be quiet, up, dude. Like... Sounded great. There's the little. Oh, so I'm the yelling. The mix was perfect, actually. Yeah, was great. But there's like something for you guys. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Awesome. That was sick. I was ripping. Did that sound like all 
blown out or what? No, nah, dude. The mix was actually <laughs> way more pleasurable than pleasurable. Oh, pleasant, cool. <laughs> pleasant than I thought it was. Yeah, be. yeah. It's actually the first time I played actually, in like a the, while. Except for drum- teaching, but that's like not really like playing. You know yeah. what I mean? Drum, Casey's drum teacher was like like he plays with a Paul Gilbert drummer, but he was like jamming for a while and it was like all these things were cutting out and I just like went and unmuted a bunch of shit and just like finally came through. That's he like... doesn't play with Paul Gilbert drummer. He is Paul Gilbert drummer. Hey, can Paul you guys continue. turn yourselves back up? No. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. You probably just blasted your ears. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put the yeah. I put the sweat can. I don't know. Right now. I don't think you can change for our end. The sweat cans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old Oh, yeah. Can you, you got to ring them out, dude. You got to ring them out. I don't know. Out. I'm going to discontinue the cans. I still can't really hear you guys, by the way. Uh, Is that my right. phone? Is that's, that on my own? That's your own. That's your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I put it all back to where it was. Oh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. All right, now. Hey, you broke your phone, dude. Okay, no. right. God damn it. My phone mic is like, screw you, bro. Yeah, you, you broke your phone. God Too much damn metal. Damn it. God damn it. Uh, shout out to this dude, Brian. Me and Leonard chilling. He would always do that. It seemed like every like the, the madder he get, the longer it took him to say, like, God damn it. <laughs> Speaking anyway. of Leonard, dude, what up, dude? <laughs> when are we gonna get Leonard on, dude? Come on, bro. Yeah, that's weird. Here, on. I'm gonna, I guess, leave and come back or something. Like so maybe the know. mic works or something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drill him on some Stefalic Carnage settings, audio. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know. Hello. It's so funny that we can hear him. Too. Oh man. I'll mute him for now. Oh, we both mute. No, but uh, yeah, getting Leonard hey. on. Every time I see fucking Leonard, it's just like uh, a joke that's hilarious, and that's it. It's like, like, yeah. like, so I, like I actually hit up a, what's his name? Not Josh. Who's the, uh, Zach from uh, Sephalic back in the day. Zach. And was like, because he's like, I want to come on. Then he like pulls out last second. He's like, I want to come on. Pulls out. I'm like, dude, we need to get your fucking goddamn story, dude. Because I know you yeah. have a, a hectic life and all the fun stuff, and He's one of the main songwriters of fucking Cephalic, too. It's, like, been one of the crazier styles. Did you guys ever... Uh, Dallas, you ever tour with Cephalic Carnage? Uh, did some shows with them back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking Milwaukee Metal Fest uh, oh, relapse yeah, yeah. stage, because we were on relapse records. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a good night, because I think it was 1999, and they rolled, like, a huge pinata joint. <laughs> And threw it into the crowd, and it was like full of weed and bongs and shit, and just like, <laughs> oh my god! And uh, you know, he was definitely pro pot, you know, and and like yeah, yeah. Uh, he threw that thing out there, and it was funny that there was a lot of people in there, and the whole crowd got really silent because they were just like stuffing shit in their pockets or whatever. They got done <laughs> yeah, with that, yeah. then the horns go up. They're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah, yeah oh, those yeah. guys are ripping. Oh yeah. <laughs> Rocky oh, Mountain Hydro Grind. God damn. It's oh do you, do you plug in your amp? Rocky Mountain Hydro Grind. Yeah. Right Dallas, you have an amp plugged in? What's going on? Uh, I, think not, just... I, I have it down really low. I've just kind of <laughs> okay, okay. yeah, yeah. What do you so okay? So for guitar players out there that you know, like 
a lot of you've gotten a lot of people into like death metal and stuff. So, what do you what do you warm up with? What do you work on? Like, what's your what's your normal practice routine? I'm hearing some uh, singing in the background somewhere. Yeah, I'm just kind of noodling around. But uh, one of the things that I like to do is just like uh, it's called like I uh, during the COVID times or actually right before that I started taking some guitar lessons and okay. a teacher showed me a couple of really cool things that I've been practicing ever since. And it makes my life uh, much easier and uh, it involves cross picking, which means that you're going across like each string. Well, no matter what you're doing, it's up and down. It's alternate picking. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then on this hand, you're like doing like diminished stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing is uh, he showed me how to do a chromatic scale the right way. I see a lot mm -hmm. of people not doing this the right way. This is the right way to do it. And uh, I kind of knew the right way to do it, but I didn't really know the right, right way to do it. And that's... Uh, Instead of, you see people do that, and they call it a chromatic skill, and they go, they just go straight across like this, right? Yeah, yeah. That's actually not a chromatic scale. Chromatic means every note between the octaves. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're missing one, right? Yep. And then, of course, when you get to that point, go backwards. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, just doing that for a while, uh, doing both of those exercises, out, outside picking also, which basically means alternate picking and means on the outside. Picking, the yeah, you're on the outside of the string no matter what. Yep. Yeah. So when you're the, descending, you need yeah. to start with an upstroke, which. There was a basic sort of thing that I learned at first, but then I just kind of went nuts with it. And uh, yeah. that was all starting with an upstroke, actually. It's alternate picking, but um, you can do it with a downstroke, too. So do you, do you ever fuck with yourself and just be like... Yeah, you know do you ever I mean? start an, extra, an exercise like that and be like, okay, well, I start with an up, so I'm going to try it with a down, and then... Just, basically reverse everything you know what every every pick that's a down is an up and every pick that's an up is a down yeah um and that's what ends up actually happening like i said on this one you can actually do it either way and that's fine it's uh it's yeah. a preference of technique rather than incorrect technique yeah uh, but it's still nice to be able to do it all outside picking and starting with an upstroke when you're descending you know, six notes, that kind of thing. Uh, simply because it just teaches your muscles to have the same force on the upstroke as you would the downstroke. Yeah. So when it gets into, you know, playing, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you instantly notice that your picking is more even in those like those kind of situations where you're like you know it's just like the upstroke has as much significance as the downstroke yeah yeah, yeah. definitely and definitely. Uh, that was one of the things that 
uh, I picked up from those lessons. I actually picked up a lot of shit from those lessons, but that was one of the things that really kind of helped me stay focused and up on my game, you know? Total, I, I, am I remembering correctly by you saying originally it was down pick only for you? Yeah, when I started playing guitar like the first few months, that's all I could do. And it, I think it was because I had already been playing drums for four years and it was like the ride symbol. Mm. So within the first two or three months, I had a really mean downstroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Like right now, that's, that's actually where I've been kind of stuck is like my downs because I have like a like natural twitch. Yeah. I have an unnatural twitch going down. I've had, I've like had, you know, like famous guitar players that are friends and like give me lessons and they're like, oh, you can go down that fast? Just do that. And I'm like, no. First of all, that's, <laughs> it's not going to always be like that. Like I want to be able to do the, like the alternate picking thing. And I just, you know, I've been actually the band theory and practice. I've been really, yeah. Getting down They're sick. I like them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. First, first thing is uh phrasing. Second thing. Yeah. It's cool to be able to, you know, down pick. Cause sometimes that does sound good. Yeah. Uh, there's a song that we have called return to the underground that actually has a, down picking section in it. We really should bring like that one back. Fucking dig dig in on that one. The, uh... yeah. I just love that. I know. Oh, imagine yeah. like if you alternate pick that heavy part, it wouldn't give that vibe at all. It'd just be like a dig a dig a dan, dig a dan. It wouldn't. It wouldn't give the. Oh, what are you talking about, man? That'd be a whole new song. That's a thing. <laughs> we'll be double the speed. <laughs> 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 yeah, totally. Maybe you, know, you like, want to start jamming. But there's a lot of people that like will start do those, those parts that are are down pick. Almost, they just need the down pick. But people, when they don't do the down pick and they do the alternate pick, it kind of just it just softens it. And there's like not. Anywhere to put it besides softens it. It just doesn't give the same, like, da -da -da -da. it doesn't have, like, the drive to it, you know? Like, which, yeah. you know, it's like an old Metallica trick. It's, like, from old, early Metallica. Like, if they were to down or a alternate pick a lot of those, like, Master of Puppets things, they'd be completely different. Like, people would be like, ah, it's mm -hmm. not as cool. You know? Like, yeah. 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 And yeah. then sometimes, uh, sometimes in the case of some of those uh, slick, killer judas priest riffs sometimes they would double pick it and then sometimes they would down pick it yeah but like it's sometimes that more like velvety smooth alternate thing like sometimes sometimes it works but in the case yeah. of the say like playing the puppets riff now you gotta no you gotta no, no. man the fuck up yeah 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 <laughs> pretty pretty much. Out. <laughs> yeah. it's like doing the one foot blast it's kind of the same idea right like i kind of yeah. recently started doing you know the half-ass two-footer yeah, yeah. You know, that's what i always called it anyway but you know like i've kind of like let up on the <laughs> rule the yeah but yeah have to do it with one foot then when you do two feet it's actually 16th notes or whatever yeah 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 and it's yeah, not like some like kind of like sometimes it's like half triplets, half sixteenth notes, or somewhere in the middle. Just it's just sort of fast, you know. Yeah. And then the, the blast up top is doing the the straight up, you know. Like I was always a stiffler. Like if I can go that fast with my hands, like I have to go that fast with my feet as well, just to be yeah. like equal, you know. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's like my maximum speed is like what all limbs can go together. So uh, and, actually, so so we have the we have the yeah. drum version of the, uh, the the alternate picking. So Kenji with the bass version, like, do if you were able to do like, like for alternate picking on bass or, or fingering on bass, um, doing two fingers versus one finger or something like that. Is there like a is there a? So a, I don't, I, I don't, I don't do the regular bass player. Uh, um, finger thing. I I thumped everything, so okay, that's kind okay. of a like bizarre a pig, way to play. Yeah. yeah, I actually thump with my hand, so it's kind of like a pick. So basically, I can downstroke everything if I wanted to. I yeah. Primarily alternate because yeah, I mean there's specific parts that really comes out to be heavier, but a lot of these narcotic songs are heavy on the tremolo, so okay. uh, I I kind of stay alternating. I don't. It's very rare where I will just down pick everything. You be yeah, slapping yeah. and popping too, or what? I won't pop it. I'm slapping. Not popping. He's slapping, no popping. <laughs> I'm, I'm just slapping, yeah. I'm just slapping. Don't call me Papa. That's what you your speed pick with is your thumb? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't do the uh the, the traditional way. I just like thump everything. I double thump everything. I realize it's everything comes out more consistent, like the notes. Like yeah. everything sounds even. Yeah, it sounds very yeah. even. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I'm doing it with my fingers, there's certain accents. I mean, I'm sure if I could, if I had to say a lot, I mean, I could get rid of that, but it was just a lot easier for me to uh, double thump everything. So that's just what I do. So yeah. your thumb just has like some wicked callus on the yeah, tip that's of what it. I was about to ask. <laughs> well, my thumb's kind of fucked. It's like, let me see here. My nail's all fucked up right now. Yeah. But yeah, usually after after tour, the sag all all black and shit. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you grow that? Do you leave yeah, that nail grown out too, sorry. so you got a little extra fucking flick on it? I don't. No, no, no. I, it's because I haven't played since I came back from the tour. I was like taking a rest because I I, I injured my hand. So I'm in. Oh, that's right. How's your hand, yeah. bro? It's getting a little bit better, but I'm just kind of letting it just because I, I don't want to get it worse. I'm trying to make sure it's completely okay. How did before you, I play how did with you it. injure it? I think it's just. Just I don't know with time. It just feels like I just lost my grip strength, so mm-hmm. I've been just taking it easy. So I haven't really been playing if I don't really need to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to your nail question, no, I don't. Need, I never needed to um, cut my nails or deal with my son because just just me double thumping just slices away. Yeah. Like Dallas's picks. Dallas, you have a, a grinded pick. I remember uh, Matt had. I have a little bit of a grinded pick. Uh, let's see, yeah. Cause you do the sharps. I go up, right up, center it. There you go. He does the sharps. Yeah, yeah. So I like this. Yeah, I've been using these for years. Now, how do you hold, how do you hold it in your hand? Um, is it like a? Okay, kind of like that. Are you putting just the tip out, like the very tip out there? Or are you putting more of the pick out there? It depends on the part. Sometimes okay. I'm a little more in like that, and then sometimes I kind of do my hand out like that a little bit and go more okay. like this and give okay. more of the edge into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and then sometimes I like to turn it in that way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I really that. scrape in, you know. <laughs> oh, so nice. It depends on the part. I'm kind of all over the place here, but, you know, just staying with that. Um, I did it last time about the about your because you used to do a style that was the Jedi grind was what we call it in our side of the country, which was you used to pull it over and do this where you do like hold like this, like like the 
right? And oh yeah, like, I used to do this crazy shit like this. Well, this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's different yeah. than Mike. Uh, Mike's he's Mike's was over in. the top, and same yeah. with the Paul from Origins, kind of over. The, it's like the Jedi grind thing. Yeah, you were up like this. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and then how I used I to know. do my drums like that. It's like yeah, you yeah. play it outward. It's what I used to call the strong arm technique, where mm-hmm. kind of using my whole forearm dress on the bridge and, and tricep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Try to get those sixteenths in there. Yeah, um, it was pretty articulate, but I started getting problems with my elbow, and yeah. uh, I started. Uh, I don't know. I kind of hit a speed cap with it. I think I, I just, and then once I kind of relaxed a little bit more and actually lowered my guitar, so I could get my right arm away a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And now, once I warm up, even at more ridiculous speeds, I can kind of relax. Just. Is that more in the wrist now? Uh, I guess, but actually the, the wrist is staying stationary. It's kind of a combination oh, okay. of my wrist and my arm. And still okay. my my forearm and my bicep. Like I kind of feel all that in there. Yeah, yeah. But it's the secret is really the slice of that pick, man. Yeah. And uh and actually what angle, just what uh, angle are you going at? You're, usually there's a pick angle people are talking about a lot nowadays. So is it okay? Okay, okay. Looks pretty pretty normal. It's not like the crazy, you know, the guy that plays, you know, does that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, it's funny. Sometimes when I'm downstroking, I do kind of like grab grab it with that one too. Yeah, yeah. Just because it just keeps the pick from slipping. But you know, on the other stuff, it just kind of like that. You know? I remember back yeah. in the day as a kid, I used to grab the high E string with my pinky and just like hold on to it for dear life. And then I would just, <laughs> I would just like, that would be like my, my safe place. I could just grab the, it's like, all right, you have a, a point in which that, where the pick can go from there. But like I, for my fast tremolo picking, I would just hook my finger under the E string or on the E string. And I just was like, like, a, like a, a, yeah, a little base point, but I haven't done that forever. But I remember like when I was first learning, I was like, this is safe for me. <laughs> like I, I cannot go crazy. I'm stuck to the string, so I have to. We talk like, about yeah, equipment all the that, time. Yeah, that's actually don't... not a bad technique, man. I mean, it does keep that string quiet too when you're not using it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I was yeah, gonna no, say we... we always have the wait. We always have the gear talk, but like we don't really talk about this part of it too. We've we've said many times it's all in the hands, you know. But this is like an un. Uh, charted area really in the in our podcast which is we're breaking it down yeah yeah like it, it doesn't matter what guitar you're playing really it's it's how you're playing it you know and these little details right here i think we need to dig into more with people because that's that's a very that's a very specific thing that we just talked about that would you pick angle so you're talking about the angle of the string versus how you're downstroking on it well one one reason why i'm breaking this down with dallas so much is because as a, as a kid like i was watching dallas so i was like so he's like a big influence on me doing the the you know the fast picking and i was watching you going like this back in the day you know like Almost back like in a the video or something like that like your your hand was like this and i was like and all our friends get together, and like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, we don't like talk about it and like try to figure it out and like hold the pick like that. And uh, so it's cool to like break it down with you and see how it's progressed because uh, 
Yeah, when we were kids, that's what we had was like a random video we saw online and put a VHS and caught it or something. You know, it was like certain things, memories like that of me uh, being a child and, and catching, uh, you know, like a Nile video or catching a suffocation video or catching something like that when I was younger. And uh, and really, I was like, I was trying to like, all right, well, how do I do? I was like in the middle of like learning how to just, you know, like tremolo pick or speed pick or whatever you want to call it. And like, I was watching you do it and I'm like, okay, he's fa- he's found the, you gotta go this way. <laughs> <laughs> or like but really it's all about how it works for you you know i remember asking him last time he's like yeah he's totally like, oh, I, I abandoned that shit I'm like fuck that shit and i was like god damn it dallas that's what i've based my whole childhood off of <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know yeah me too uh i've actually went through probably about two or three picking stances at this point yeah uh, the one that i've been with now is probably the one that i've been with for the longest mm-hmm. um that that uh, flying table technique or strong arm technique that I was using, um, that came about trying to get those tempos mm-hmm. and keep it steady, like palm muted, like for some some ripping ease. You know, I really yeah, wanted yeah. that super rapid. I didn't want to fake it and do you know threes while that's playing fours or anything. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to really dig in and at mm-hmm. least try to get it as close as I could. And that's what kind of led me in that path. And then after a while, well, the drum tempo started going up, and that shit wasn't working. <laughs> you're gonna have to figure out a different way to man up. And basically, yeah. I just I lowered my guitar. I lowered the guitar strap and got my arm away, my right arm away from me a little bit. Oh. And that was that gave me a, a little bit more control, and it gave me a little more relaxation. And um, you know. Like I said, I was fucking my elbow up doing that shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it makes yeah. sense. So you it, found it did it. sound yeah. pretty cool. Those tempos. I mean, it's, yeah. it is That's, it is clear and tight. There is control, but it's just really fucked up. Yeah. That's I mean, it, that it, same it, thing happened to me, too. I, I was kind of playing, like, just where I would, like, just kind of, like, leave my wrist limp and just, like, kind of shrug yeah. my whole body to get the thing. And then, like... It like translates to this weird angle on the ride where my wrist was like doing this and just like, yeah. and people would watch. And then like, I was starting to like get pain in the wrist. So like I had to like relearn mm-hmm. and like, I started using like the fingers and you now like yeah. the, yeah, yeah, the, the three fingers, the, yeah, it was like a Hannes Grossman video, the hybrid technique or whatever. <laughs> I started trying to like implement that whole thing. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of helped a little bit to get because I had a speed cap as well. Like yeah. I needed a montage to be able to play this narcotic shit. Yeah, yeah. Like some of those are pushing like we agnostics is like two sixty or two sixty. Is that the one that's two sixty three? I think it is. I can't remember exactly. Uh and she's like, yeah. but yeah it's it's one of the faster ones i mean <laughs> and it does it for a while those little it's like 16 bars real quick oh yeah that. we call those uh tom tom cruiser blasts <laughs> <laughs> no fills no nothing yeah no fills no, no nothing straight blast yeah, yeah. there's there's always no a place fill. in time for that every now and then. Just straight, no fills, no nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, alcoholic, religious fanatics, <laughs> I had to write in a little fill. 
I'm not yeah. even gonna lie. I wrote in a fill on alcoholic religious yeah, fanatic just for a little break. Damn you! Just for a little break, dude. Uh, that's fine. It's, like a, it's funny. You wouldn't think that's a break. It's like it's, it's, it's still more sixteenth notes. Yeah, but it just like it switches it to the kick real quick. So my like <laughs> fingers <laughs> get a little <laughs> rest, You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a break for me. <laughs> yeah, during yeah, that's my break. <laughs> breathing a couple minutes. Cruising. Oh my god, that's hilarious. And it's like the <laughs> that's my break on the hands, and then it's like the cha 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 or like the euro that <laughs> that one's like that's the break on the feet. So you know you get the break on the feet up here, and then you get the break on the hands up here while your nice. feet are going. Yeah, yeah, nice. But some oh, of the man. the wrists, the D rights aren't like that. They're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, your feet for the next two minutes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> hope, I hope you're warmed up already. <laughs> that's what dupree oh, said he's God. like man because we started with was it faces of meth on that tour that dupree was on and he was like yeah. man this is the i hope you're already warmed up set <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah Let's come well out man that. and we we put victims of the algorithm second this on this last tour and i'm telling you man i i need to practice that song because <laughs> yeah, we had a mid-tempo but it feels like, if it, if it was in, it wasn't the second part of the set, and when the second part of the set, I was like ready because we'd already been playing. But that yeah, one, man, yeah. playing that one, the second song is a bitch. Yeah, man, yeah. that's fucking rough. I, but that I one, and then sex lies in DNA, and then that's the kick drum warm up for me. I'm warmed and up then, by then, yeah. And then we yeah. do what was it? It was like introspective or something, right? Or no, wait, it was delirium tremens right after yeah. that. And so that's the one I'm just like, oh shit, here we go. Delirium tremendous. <laughs> this so, one. Okay, okay. Here's a good question for you guys. So backstage, you guys are you guys got twenty five minutes to go. What's your warm up? Are you guys just are you are you sitting there just like Dallas, are you going just like doing your tremolo picking and doing chromatics and, and uh Joseph, are you doing like just like sitting there on a drum pad and I'll I'll have a drum pad and I'll just have uh you know I'll just either be doing like some like you know like some rudiments or some like you know double stroke rolls and paradiddle I was working on my drum solo I had a drum solo on that one so uh I was kind of just working on my rudiments this last time and the Mm. songs like the way they were set up pharmaculture is kind of chill for me and then uh, victims of the algorithms, like the main warm up, and then sex lies and DNA is just a bit faster, so it kind of ramps up for me on this last one. Yeah. So I could just kind of practice like my drum solo stuff, you know, like all the rudiments I was trying to do. I was trying to incorporate like everything I know into one solo, because yeah. you know it takes them like a minute. Yeah, but that's like a long minute for me. Yeah. When it comes to drum yeah. soloing, drum I can't just spam there. just like the the two and four on the you know snare and kick. So yeah. can't just spam that the whole time. Yeah. You know, I got to do some paradiddle diddles, and I got to do some single double doubles, and I got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know all you know all the things. I got a ten stroke roll thing I work on. Uh, I use it for. You know, like instead of double stroke rolls, it like transposes into triple stroke rolls real easy. And so yeah, I could yeah. do like a or whatever. Do you, off look of at, it. do you look at rudiments on like a 
do you look at rudiments and just like sit there and work on them or do you just have them in your head uh they're just in my head you know yeah. i also teach uh kids so like my warm-up is like single stroke roll then double stroke roll then a paradiddle then like a triple paradiddle all without stopping okay and i can make the littlest kid do that shit and they'll do it yeah. we'll do it super slow but we'll do it and then i'll build the tempo gradually you know like i'm always like trying to think of cool things to show homies yeah. and then i learned some cool tricks from a bunch of homies on drums i always try to ask like what's up you know uh mm. me and uh nate uh bigelow were sitting in oh, boise okay. Idaho. shout out to the yeah. bro Jared, bro Jared, 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 Jared. Jared. yeah uh nice uh yeah we were doing rudiments on on the tour i was always i tried to get uh eric marati to do some rudiments but we were just kind of party mode instead <laughs> and then these all ladies were doing some well not old like older ladies were doing like rudiments they were trying like, like it was kind of funny like uh getting everybody hyped up before we played and then the amp went out and then we like fuck yeah we played anyways <laughs> And then yeah, we 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 blasted. That was cool, like seeing the the hand gestures and shit uh, <laughs> from Dallas. Yeah, man. <laughs> I never seen you like all of a sudden I'm like curl up and just be like, <laughs> oh yeah, you have you have free hands and shit. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like I'm he's just, always got it singer. in his hand. He's always just like, you know, the fastest pick in the West. Hey, how but, was that? How was that to come with a, a guitar? Because I know that uh, watching uh, uh, John Gallagher. Um, do a suffocation run um yeah i saw that, that you, too just seeing that you know that he's supposed to have a guitar in front of him but like like he was like doing things but like you know that like he's just trying to get used to not having a, a guitar to play in front of him and just like how do you like coming out of that and having to be like all right my hands are free what the fuck do i do now you know like to me it sounds like almost a nightmare to just like have to like your hands are free now like shit what do i do with Dude, I can't even imagine, bro. I I did vocals only one time for a show, or two times, uh, and I didn't know what the hell to do with myself either, dude. I was just kind of, you know, just head standing there, head banging all dumb. I felt like no, I got to do a God forbid for uh, (laughs) for uh, suffocation once in Pennsylvania, and I was like, they like handed me a mic. I'm like, God damn! I was like drunk, and I was like, well, do it, but. I don't know, and like, like, come out here and do the God forbid. And I was like, well, fucking, I love suffocation. So I'm like, I'm just doing like, hand, I don't even know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, God. Oh, I'm yeah, like, you got to do the suffo thing, bro. I know. Yeah, Frank chops. Frank chops. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like combat Frank with my, my own chop. You know, like, I have to do my, I don't know. It was just like a, a weird thing for me to have like be a person that plays an instrument and have to go on stage and have a mic. And I was like, oh, shit, up this free thing. We always set up a mic for him to do backing vocals for me live, and he would never do it. I did it like (laughs) seven times, dude. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Just like three. Yeah, I like backing vocals. I like doing backing vocals. Yeah. Like, I love harmonies. Like, I'm a sucker for like vocal harmonies. Even like, dude, more like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, though. Okay. Okay. Or like, uh, like Bowie always had some of the sickest harmonies, uh, and then harmonies like on like, uh, like Yes too, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hell yeah. yeah! They should have changed their name to Hell Yes. Hell yeah! Do you guys like choir hell music? Yes. 
Do you guys oh, like choir yeah. music? Yeah. <laughs> what? Do you guys no. like choir, listening to choir music? Like just uh, sometimes, voices? but uh, no, not, not typically. Really. I don't really. Dude, I have listening. like <laughs> I have some on this playlist. I have this playlist that I just like every time I hear a song I like, I just throw it on this playlist. It's like up to like 210 hours of music now with no repeats. Nice. Uh, but like, so yeah, there's some of that on there, but I don't the know. The just... that scares the shit out of me is the, you guys ever do any, um, like, uh, deep diving into castrados where they cut off dudes' balls? Oh, that shit's weird. Yeah. No. That's the there's one recording. Right? There's one recording of this Italian singer. It's a boy, like some 20 year old dude. And they cut off his balls. They so would cut your higher. balls off to keep your voice high. Yeah. So oh, yeah, the choir the, boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's called a castrato, like being castrated. A castrato literally, your name it. has to do with your balls being chopped off. Yeah, and like, it's like <laughs> one of the most eerie things I've ever heard in my life. And I yeah. just, put it on wow. like, I just had to readjust my balls <laughs> as we're talking about this right now. No, yeah, I think I did too. It's I was like the scary the thing I've ever heard in my life. It's like no no horror film music or anything will ever fuck with me as much as a castrato guy singing goes like hearing the reason why his voice is that high is because yeah. they were like cut your nuts off and then it, that is it. some creepy shit. That's dude. rough. Yeah. No, nah, but like balls Bulgarian, dropping way too low. To like Bulgarian hey, female fuck religion. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, dude. I don't yeah. even think that's like even more morbid than religion like castrate like they just it probably comes from the, the top skin. of religion. They're literally taking off testicles, dude. Testicles. Well, it's like one, it's like no, two. make your fucking choir the sickest, dude. Do whatever you gotta do. I don't fucking care. Yeah, that <laughs> that's like, literally we're gonna be the saying, best. like oh, as a child, all in the name of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> God <laughs> damn, is, dude. It's so fucking crazy though. For like, how insane are the adults that see a child? that has a good voice that they're literally going to alter this person for the rest of their I'm sure life. North Korea does shit like that. But anyways, because <laughs> <laughs> have you seen their shredding guitar player? They do stuff where they're like, they're like kids. Up. So wait, yeah, they're like, clipping nuts so they can shred or what? Dude? <laughs> no, they're like, they're like threatening them with the clip. Like, dude, hit that arpeggio, dude. All right. <laughs> you can do it better. <laughs> yeah. But no, go back to the original question. So, uh, Dallas, like harmonies. Oh, like, like getting rid of the guitar, being a front man. Like, oh yeah. How do you like with your hands? Like, what's your what's your go to when you your guitar just went down? Like, I would love for him to say air guitar. <laughs> or do you do a Ryan James D? I would love to do a, if like, it was him just air guitaring, dude. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Actually, what happened was because this happened to me a couple of times over the years, where for some reason or other your guitar just goes down, and you have no signal. So the show must go on. You, uh, sometimes you just set it on the drum riser, but I mean, instantly grab the mic from the mic stand and get that thing out of my face and then just start screaming at people and staring at them. <laughs> Directly. Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, and then, you know, of course you got to do the, you know, the thing with the hand and yeah, yeah. I actually got down on one knee and was at the edge of the stage. Yeah. It was like a vulture, bro. You just stick. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I saw I saw videos of it later. I was like, "Damn, this is, he's a big old boy, isn't he?" Shit. <laughs> yeah, I thought like you're a big, big ass vulture up there, just like praying, <laughs> praying on fools in the audience. Uh, then funny. finally, they got uh, they got my guitar back, uh, 
it was the, something wrong with my cabinet. I don't. I still have not investigated it yet. I'm sure it'll be an easy fix. But uh, the cabinet that they did give me, it worked, but it sounded like complete shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> but at least I could hear the shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. It was probably much worse at that point than I was making it out to be. Mm-hmm. But just like from what it was to like what it became, you're like, I know the difference. Something's off here. Like, yeah. you know. I was just proud of us for you know staying on target and still doing a pretty badass show despite a couple of songs. Yeah, with dude. Me as just the vocalist, which actually uh, to answer the question fully, it was at that moment of time liberating. I'm never gonna get this chance again. Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever consider yeah. like being a singer of a band? Would you ever consider like just going out there I mean, and dude, like, your vocals free? Because I need you're, you're like I said, like what Anthony's about to say, your vocals have been very like influential in a lot of people's dude, lives. They're very, very uh, powerful, unmistakable too. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. The fucking Dallas. Like you could instantly you know tell, oh, that's in. Dallas as soon as you hear it. Yeah. Yeah, I just I love playing the guitar. Uh, you definitely. So I would probably more go towards the guitar than just doing vocals. But you know, if I could sing like, if I could sing, for instance, like Laurel Dane could sing, then fuck yeah, I would totally do it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. But I don't. Yeah, Yeah, or actually, Sanctuary, my favorite. Sanctuary. Okay, okay. My my favorite of it, which I love Nevermore too. I mean, it was nothing, anything bad. I just, I was really crucial to the. uh, the sanctuary records all three of them actually okay well, and, uh, i mean uh, are you yeah, open like, but yes i wish i stuff? wish i could sing like that you know what i mean yeah. he's on some guest stuff yeah yeah, you've done yeah some i've done some guest stuff over the years for sure yeah um, nice. I'm, I'm i'm down to do it i uh i um uh, actually have a couple of lesson slots open if somebody Yes, that's, that's that's a great. So in the beginning, when we're talking about like plugging stuff, like we always forget. Oh like, yeah, a lot of musicians like 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 Joseph. You said you're doing like you're doing drum or rock school. Absolutely, yeah. I'll and do like, lessons too. We could do yeah, Skype well, lessons and shit. This is like what feeds mm-hmm. most Amer- uh like people that are playing music as lessons, and like we always yeah. skip. We're like, dude, merch, dude. Do you want to make two bucks off of? A shirt, or do you want, or do you want to actually it's teach a lesson? One of the greatest times in history because the access to guys like these guys is a click of a button. Now. One of the yeah. one of the major pluses yeah. of COVID is like it's opened up the Zoom. Let's just like fucking jam together and be across the world and like let's have a, a lot let's of, have a lot of a people f- have done this three hour like, chat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're they're struggling musicians. They're like we got to figure it out, and it was like Zoom and. And doing like uh, lessons over over online with people that you have looked up to, and it's like so so. Okay, first we'll go Dallas. How do we get a hold of you if you want to have a lesson with you? Uh basically, you know, you can uh, write me an email to narcoticwasteandhotmail.com, or you can just hit me up on any of the uh, social media messages. Okay, um, I'll, I'll be able to respond to it, no problem. And uh, you know, the fun thing about all that is. I'm, I've given lessons on and off like over the years since mm-hmm. very, very young. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's just kind of fun because you get to connect with other musicians and stuff. Of course, you know, uh, I mean, for the most part, like I would have to say that I've been pretty lucky as far as my students, the ones that come in uh, and get lessons from me, they're usually already pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's not like you're, um, you know, teaching someone. Mary had a little lamb. Yeah, where they're just like completely lost. Or you're teaching someone and you can tell week after week after week they have not No progress. Yeah, yeah. And it's just because they didn't practice. So it's fun to do it. And I, I limit my time with it. Like, I, you know, with, with the right student, I, you know, that's why I only limit it to just a few students. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I actually have a couple of slots open right now. Oh, yeah. So if somebody is interested, then yeah. When oh, you yeah. teach lessons and you see the student progressing week by week too, that's probably what makes you guys keep teaching. Because you get oh, that yeah. one or two students. Yeah, it's sick, like, oh, yeah. Dude, I'm actually watching this person. And you're the reason why they're evolved. progressing. Yeah, like, you're, you're, like, you're the uh, ones planting the seeds that they take home yeah. and then they go actually hone their craft at home and then bring it back to you and you're like, oh, shit. We already got one. Where can I get working. pricing for lessons available? Boom. Texas Wildflower 66. Hit us up. What do you play? That's Probably it. flute, but she wants to like learn how to shred though. <laughs> that's D. Uh, yeah, that's Dallas. <laughs> no, that's Kenji. Uh, you do lessons on bass or what? It's funny that you asked me that because just the other day someone asked me for lessons and I've been asked like to give lessons multiple times, but I can't. And the reason why is bass. Yeah, I can't because I, I play the chapstick. <laughs> no, it translates i'm sure it translates it's a, right it's, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unique instrument and what i can teach is another person who happens to play the chapstick but well, if you I, could, that's you what could, I you could pull out the you could have like a you know a 200 dollar four string and just be like yeah yeah so the, the my bass is very very different from a regular bass so oh, me teaching someone it's gonna be very very it's gonna not gonna translate well Plus, my argument's always been, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of self-taught too. I, I'm for chapstick specifically. I taught myself how to play because, I mean, there's no, no one else that can really play that instrument. I just kind of have to figure that on my own. Yeah. But for bass, there's just so many resources out there, and just like anything, you know, like I, I filled out, I figured out how to build my own computer through YouTube. I figured out how to fix stuff on YouTube. So, so right way, I, whenever I'm asked, I always say, hey, you know, there's a bunch of resources online on YouTube. So, I mean, that's where you should go, to be honest. I mean, there's so many players that are way better than me that can teach you something that's much more uh, fundamental and helpful. So, so what you're saying, yeah. though, is you have, you have a very, um, like, I would say, avant-garde style of bass, and some people are out there trying to do something different, and there's people that would be like, I want to know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more like they want to figure out what I'm doing and try to get inspired from that. Sure, yeah. but lessons specifically, you know, like I, I just I don't want to take money from somebody when and you know they're not really progressing in the in their instrument, you know, because I'm playing a unique instrument, I have a unique style that I play that works specifically to my instrument. So mm-hmm. if I'm taking their money and their time and they would just kind of confused even more, like what? What was that about? Logic over sense. logic over capitalism. I like it. <laughs> that's fair yeah he's like uh i don't know if this is going to be a fair trade because yeah exactly. i have a certain way of looking at it yeah. i just feel bad I, you know, I just feel bad for something like that plus you know I you're, a sweetheart. you're also a sweetheart people will learn a lot off you without you like you know they don't so, necessarily need to know that you know they're you don't need to have like a confirmation that you're teaching them something new but if they watch you play they might get one idea from you 
and then it goes into another idea, and then goes, you know, it, it could start. So, like, so oh. that's the thing. If they if they want they want is inspiration, and if they're kind of curious about my instrument and my pen style, no problem. But if it's like lessons, I feel like that's something very specific, and they want to learn yeah. specifically on bass. So yeah, yeah, that's why because yeah. you you found a new a new realm to to venture into, and and that's like where a lot of people don't venture into. They're kind of like, I'm a bass player. This is what I do. Blah blah. blah. It's like so. Hit up Kenji on uh, Instagram for lessons. He's available. You happen to be the only yeah. other person in the world that has another stick. Then I can teach you. It but sounds like more like hit up Kenji if you want a uh, philosophical perspective on. Yeah, yeah. if you want to get inspired or if you want to just kind of hit yeah. your instrument. Because you can definitely. He's showing that you can branch out of the norm and find something that's more specific to your liking. Probably one of yeah. my favorite things that you've said, Kenji, is uh, I'm going to hold on to this. Is is you going? Because there's a lot of the bass players, and there's you know there's Colin from you know the old Octopus. There's a lot of these people that like have these extended range basses, and I'm noticing you know all these bands, all these gent bands, they're getting into the eight string nine. Like I said earlier, they're they're venturing into bass territory like freely, like fuck it, like. Fuck the bass, you know. You're like, no, fuck you. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go into your, into your fucking your treble class. That's why I've been telling people, yeah, that eventually in the future of metal, we're gonna switch places. What's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. I'm cars gonna be playing, playing the low end, and I'm gonna be basically gonna be playing the high end. That's what's gonna happen. No, it's gonna be yeah, a band like... already. I'm sure that's. <laughs> gonna be a band that's hilarious. It's gonna be one guy playing a, a extended range bass guitar and with a kick pedal on it and just like vocals <laughs> and it's just over. It's a one man band, but no, that's that's very cool, man. I I really like the because uh, it's like our whole my whole life has been like oh down tuning, getting lower, getting lower, adding a string, getting lower, adding another string, getting lower, adding another string, getting low. It's like it's like just venturing. It's like it's like it's basically like going towards like fuck bass. Fuck bass, fuck bass, <laughs> and you're like, fuck you, fuck. You. <laughs> the <laughs> low guitar string is like a bass string, basically. Oh no, the nine string is like what? What's a nine string? Basically, like, too. It's like it's a bass. It's a. It's probably like a D string of a bass now. You know, it's like. It's yeah, like, it's like too much. Like I know that Mishuga, like the bass tunes to the guitar, or they're in the same register. So it's like it's yeah, it's like it sounds heavy, but I mean, you know, it's like at that point, like. Like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Establishing yeah. dominance. You know, for um for narcotic waste then, um what I've always liked, even you know, uh pre Kenji is that um the bass players would have at least a five string. And yeah. you have to remember that, you know, we're in basically E flat or D standard, which is yeah. pretty not too far step, from standard step, tuning. Step. Yeah. Straight up. So uh, having that lower string while the guitar is in the guitar range yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Especially if, uh, what if I didn't want to tune this thing down to A? Well, I can still make it sound that way if you have five string bass if I'm playing a chord like this. Yeah. You know, those big, bulky uh, bar chords, you know. I'm playing yeah. like that, and he's on the bottom string of mm -hmm. that low octave. You know, the, main, the bass being the bass. Let the bass be the bass. Let the guitar be the guitar. You're actually achieving all those same voices and stuff, and you don't have to tune your guitar down to J. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know that's what uh, Vinyl of Maya does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Marco Kubo plays a six string, and like the bass player plays the low fifth to complete yeah. the chord. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that completing the chord and so like having like a full chord with the bass and like completing that. And I love having that like low bass note above the higher guitar note. That kind of like just adds like a fucking oomph to it. You know what I mean? And that's that's, yeah. that's really cool. Like. Like, but when the guitar keeps fucking trying to get lower and you're tuning to, like you said, like Kenji, you're E flat right now, but like a, a octave below normal E flat for a guitar. Yeah, so I never, yeah, it, it's pointless for me to play that. I, I, I never play that open only, string. Only, cat, only cats and dogs can hear it. You're like, yeah, only cats. I'm playing your dolphins, you know? It's my, my, my audience is dolphins for that. But yeah, it's like <laughs> the only way I utilize it in that part is just for, yeah, the capos. And even then, it's just ridiculous on my like, the low end. Like I very rarely use it. Dallas, yeah, what yeah. are you doing over there, dude? I can hear you working on something. Oh yeah, no, I was just uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> 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 it sounded like you was clipping something. Right. Yeah, you can't have fingernails if you That's play good. guitar. Yeah, I was just oh, no, you can't. I was just noticing that, and that's like one of my yeah. things. I was like, shit. when you when you fret when you fret something, and like your pinky is like. It's like causing a buzz. You're like, God damn, where's my fucking nail clippers? <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, I'm I don't I don't bite my fingernails. So yeah. uh, yeah. what'll happen to me is I one day I'll just pick up my guitar and I'll be like, What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, why can't I hit? Can't this? fucking do this. And then I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I need to trim my nails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, well, fuck. We're, we're three uh, three and a half no, hours in, guys, and. I, I really am stoked. This was sick. Yeah, and I had a great time was, tonight, guys. Um, Kenji, yeah, yeah. Kenji, actually, Kenji, you've actually you cracked me up with the uh, what was the Chuck Schuldiner? Schuld oh, Schuldiner. Schuldiner. That yeah. was <laughs> fucking hilarious. That, that yeah, was that a good was, clip. Was, yeah, I literally was like, it was, was Schuldiner forever for us. And then yeah. you're like, Is it, and you asked us, and we we're like, oh, maybe I think I've heard that, and I was kind of confused. I was like. Hmm. Maybe I've heard that. Then you got the guy from, or was that you got the Aspects guy? Dude, uh, he's from Autopsy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, they they all live. It's kind of funny how we're like, your neighbor is literally Chris Reichford from Autopsy. You know, it's like, it's just bizarre. I just happened to talk to him about it. And I asked him because everyone around me said, Soul Diner, Soul Diner, Soul Diner. And then a name from Montage was like, uh, what did they say? Soldner. And I was like, Hmm? That's what What's I heard. Yeah, yeah, so I asked Chris, and he's like, "No, it's Soldina." And he's like, "Oh, never <laughs> wrong." <laughs> Damn. You brought it up, and you were pretty serious about it. Like, Isn't it Soldina? And I was like, I, yeah, "No, no, yes, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have any idea." And then you put that now video. That, uh, yeah, I got to change the way like, we say uh, it, dude. You know that kind of thing can happen. Uh, that reminds me of uh, Neil. The actually, it's Neil Peart. Neil Peart. Yep. Exactly. Oh, really? Instead of Neil yeah. It's necrophagus, too. Oh, yeah, that's we said that last time, too. Necrophagus. No! I know, dude. I was like, Muhammad, how do you say this? He's like, it's a little necrophagus. And I was like, well, I'm gonna go pages and stuff, you know, like I'm not trying to get me in trouble or anything. <laughs> and, um and actually it's Anthony K 
came up to me and said, dude, necrophagist is so good, dude. I did not say <laughs> that. Necrophagist. You're mixing that one up with Capharnum. I used to say Capharnum and Well, I think it was you said necrophagist. But anyway. No, I did not fuck that name. You're legendary for those. So how do you pronounce the band name? How about this band name? Sawin. Sawin. How you spell it? Yeah. I need spell Everybody it. calls it Sam Hain. Oh, shit. But it's actually oh, pronounced Sawin. Wow. <sighs> See, that's exactly the, how said it. the wrong way. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I'm full of the wrong names, guys. <laughs> this podcast is awesome. We're all learning something today. Man. <laughs> yeah. If we could I just give yes. a shout out to Thin Lizzy. There's this fine, you know, it's fine, lizy. Fine, lizy. Didn't yeah. it used to be tin, lizy? File line it. <laughs> File in it. Yeah. Oh my god. I recently learned it's it's not a band, but Neanderthal, not Neanderthal. <laughs> I heard that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. I know. It's like, why the fuck is the H there the whole fucking time? Then it's funny because you kind of want to stand by your guns, like whatever, dude. I know it's that way, but it's Neanderthal, dude. I'm not changing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it change. sounds cool <laughs> as Neanderthal, anyways. Dude. And someone's like, it's, dude, I it's wanna... Neanderthal, you fucking Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god. All right, let's like, end it on that one, guys. Yeah, yeah. Good. All of that yeah. bombshell. Not to sound like Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> again, this was awesome, guys. You guys are all rad as fuck. I love you guys. Thank you so much for Likewise, bros. Time, I love you oh, too, yeah. man. Fuck yeah. Cali, yeah. yeah. Let's keep in touch for sure. And hell yeah. Uh, let's and do, hell Satan. Uh, we'll do a part Hail Satan for sure, dude. And Kenji. <laughs> Kenji, I'd like to have you on uh, for a solo episode so we can finally dig in on you, dude. Talk about the bass and stuff. Yeah, sure. I'll try to be my record again. Uh, what was it, a month since last time I was out here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> you're, just, oh, yeah. you're actually being slowly rolled into a host. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Tune in next week. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Well, cool, dudes. Let's uh, roll through the fucking plugs real quick again. Battleforcecoffee.com. Oh, shit. Nope. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, we'll go with generatorrehearsalstudios.com first because that's what we're <laughs> ready with. I'm going to go, go back. Uh, jam your ideas out down there in SoCal. CaliDeathPodcast.BigCartel.com. Buy a couple t shirts from us, please. And battleforcecoffee.com. Buy your coffee there. Thank you. And you guys, narcoticwasteland.com, you said was the hub. Yep. That's it. You'll find all the goods pertaining to narcotic wasteland there. And everybody, please have a hit us up for lessons. Hit hit these guys up for lessons. Social Um, media is cool. Mainly Kenji. Everyone hit up Kenji. Hit up Kenji for bass lessons now. For bass philosophies, dude. Um, yeah. But yeah, have a killer weekend, and we'll see you next week as always. Oh, Late. Yes. Late. All right. Peace.